Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. good. It's fine. Oh, God damn it, man. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, welcome to the party that is The Session back in the studio on a Monday night, just like I like it. Wicked Monday night party. Yeah. Nothing like a good Monday night party, you know? Yeah. uh, Sounds like a dumb idea, just like having this stupid show on the thing. Monday night party. Makes you feel like a kid again. When you can't get rid of the hangover on Sunday, there's always Monday. (laughs) An extra day to recover. Yeah. Speaking of hangovers, how you doing, Tasty? You went away to a good beer fest this weekend. That's, it is a great beer fest. Uh, we, it's like a camp two nights because we go, we're, uh, well, let me tell you about the format. It's a, uh, it's a barbecue and beer and, uh, and a, a beer festival in one. So up, like, in, uh, up at Stumptown Brewery, Stumptown right? Stumptown Brewing Company in Guerneville. Uh, I love Guerneville. It's really nice. It's right on the Russian River. Mm-hmm. I mean, like right on it. You know, you can, yeah. you can fall in if you like. Yep. I used to go to Boy Scout camp up there. I bet you did. It's mm-hmm. known for that. Well, up the hill from Guerneville. Oh, yeah. 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 They don't want those guys down <laughs> yeah. middle of town. <laughs> so it's an overnighter. Too, yeah, well, right? we go Friday, because we're cooking, we go Friday night and do like the rub and all that kind of shit, you know, like the, well, yeah. whatever those guys are doing. Yeah. That's not <laughs> what you're doing. Well, I'm out to visiting all the breweries and, nice. and carousing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I never make it to that. I don't know why I always end up planning something that weekend. It always looks like a good time, though. It's one of the best festivals in California. And I love that area, Guerneville, Redwood area out there, yeah. riding along the Russian River. It's awesome. Right. So I did go. I went to Russian River on uh, Friday to fill up my growlers. What time were you there? We were there about noon. I, it got there later. I see. Yeah, 
uh, because I, I golfed around out of Bodega Bay first, oh, which wow. was amazing, beautiful. Was it foggy? Or? It was foggy, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, we were foggy and wearing sweaters, and then, you know, you go <laughs> five minutes inland, and it's, it was 80, 90 degrees. Uh-huh. That's the Bay Area for yeah. you. So I went to Russian River, though. I got a story. I had a, I got a story about the about my growler filling situation. Yeah, oh, oh. I was offended. Oh my gosh! Well, you, you know, sound like me I'm when, when I, I go to, to Russian River. <laughs> it's the second time that a brewcaster's gone to Russian River in a row and go, come back offended. And had a horrible experience because you know I love that. We all go there because we love it and love the beer. Oh my gosh! Tell me about it. Well, I have a lot more respect for Russian River beer than I do my own beer all right obviously well yeah so when i bring a growler to russian river i've not only cleaned it but it's full of sanitizer mm-hmm. I, I i have it full with sanitizer i fill it and i leave it in there i show up with my two full of sanitizer growlers and the waitress server whatever they're called now yeah i think they're called food delivery women <laughs> She comes over to the table at the end, and my two growlers are there. And of course, she thinks I already filled them at the bar. And I say, uh, I would like a growler gaffers, which is their English pale ale that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Has all of that hop character of an English mild that we were talking about on our yep. um, cask show, our That's cask right. condition show just a couple weeks ago. Oh, the beer had all of that care. Wonderful beer. Um, and then a, um, a growler of the Happy Hops. Kate the Great really likes yeah. the Happy Hops. It's really good. Uh, nice beer. Anyhow, beer. she looks at them. She's like, oh, they're already full. And I said, oh, that's just sanitizer. And I said, just do me a favor. Tell the bartender to dump it out and don't rinse it. Just dump it. Mm-hmm. Oh, she says, oh, um, <laughs> we're not supposed to bring them to the bartender full of anything. Oh, not and even air. You're like supposed like to create a, a vacuum in it. Like this is like a health restriction thing or well, ABC or something? apparently they have been given an edict that uh, we're there to tell people don't fill it with anything. Just And she then she proceeds to explain to me, which I have to sit through, she proceeds to explain to me how to care for my growler. She says, what you do is, when you're done, you, you rinse it with hot water only, and then you leave the cap off of it. And then you bring it to us like that. <laughs> and and I just I, so I sit through her explanation and I and I say it's fine this one's fine it's sanitizer it's fine okay but I've had the bartender send me back you know with these <laughs> and I you it, can't stand up for yourself it's fine this one so she goes she says okay she reluctantly takes it to the bartender apparently the bartender reiterates to her that they are not supposed to do that and she comes back and she says so. We just we swapped out your growlers with 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 new ones, um, and for the future, you bring them full of nothing. And then she re-explains to me how to care for my growler. She's like, "Hey, dumbass!" In case you didn't hear it the first time. And I think that Kate the Great could see that it was one of those snapping moments for me. I I it was I was so close. I she I intervened. I opened my mouth to speak, and then I just went, "Okay." And I stopped. And I left it there because I was going to unload on this poor woman. Now, here's what I think. And this is just a prediction. We'll have to ask Vinny next time he's on the program. But here's what I think happens, right? Kill somebody, right? People don't know. People who don't know bring in their growlers full of, like, dish soap and stuff. And then they come back and they complain to Vinny and everybody else, oh, my beer tastes like soap, right? So I, I feel like maybe he made a blanket statement that just said, 
please tell everybody don't fill them with anything. We'll take care of it. You know what I mean? Because he was probably tired of getting complaints about the beer getting ruined. But here is a person, and she doesn't know me from Adam, you know. But here is a person using words like sanitizer. I haven't filled it with sanitizer. Like, clearly, I know what I'm talking The average beer person isn't going to come in and say anything like that. No. Assuming yeah. she knows what the word sanitizer is. Because I've been thinking about this. And, it, it, you know, assuming she knows the vernacular as well. Well, and but here's what I thought. I thought that she would go to the bartender, use the vernacular that I told her to use, yeah. and the bartender would then explain uh, to her, this one's fine. Right. But he didn't. He, he, and, and she ends up telling me, listen, this is what Vinny said, and, and she's throwing the Vinny thing. And, oh, and now, now I can't throw the Vinny thing back. I'm, it's you not in my, it's not in my blood. I, I can't go, listen, sweetheart. Oh, you mean V-Dog? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. What's up? Yeah, listen, honey, I'll call Vinny right now so he can tell you that my growlers are fine full of sanitizer. <laughs> But I can't do that because I'm not that douchebag. I can't. So all I have to do. So I open my mouth to yell, and I, and I stop myself because I've been paying for therapy for a long time. And I and I just oh, said, okay, your money's worth. Some of it. And uh, but anyhow, I left. I left very irritated because yeah. I want to bring my growlers sanitized. Yeah. Right. Now I know what. I know there's, in fact, I will take the the, uh, the path of least resistance. There is another way to do it. I can sanitize them at home and dump the sanitizer out myself. But then they're going to rinse purge. it. They're going to they're gonna rinse it with water. And I don't do want they? them to rinse it with water. Mm. So well, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I, rinsing with their water, it doesn't matter. It's filtered water, probably. It's magical. And if, well, Vinny water? Well, if that's what they <laughs> it's do. Vinny urine, I think. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if Vinny had set up the the uh, structure of filling growlers, yeah. If they don't, if they don't, you know, uh, accept them full of sanitizer, right? Then they must not wash them. If that's a bad thing, but if it's not, then it's clearly fine, right? I don't follow your logic, other than to say I, that I've seen them do it. They look in it, and then they pour, they fill it, and they then they just fill it. They, yeah, look, look, see right. if it looks clean inside, like the bottom. What if it looks wet? Like, because I've just dumped my sanitizer. So you went out. in the bathroom and dumped the sanitizer. I think mm-hmm. they're just looking for mold. Yeah, like there's something yeah. like, you know, you just let it sit city see. for a long time. No. Yeah, but, well, but you see, don't you think that it must just be that he's made a blanket statement for yeah, the yeah, dish soap it's users? General, it's it's general, the dish soap. Sure. Generalize it. Or you know. bleach or something, whatever right, else, right? right? You know, yeah. You know, and I, yeah, exactly. Or some other, it, right. And Because then he gets blamed for the off flavor. But but there, there should be an exception. Like when the, they should tell the servers the blanket statement. Yeah, but maybe they right. could qualify before they say it. They could go before they give the lecture to somebody again that I had to sit through twice. Right? Maybe they could say, "Are you a home brewer, sir?" And if the answer is yes, they quietly take the growler full of sanitizer to the bar and they fill it up. <laughs> well, that's not the way for sure. Yeah. All right, I want the audio clip of that. Uh, so. You know how many <laughs> contaminated home brews I've had in my life? Yeah. Lot anyway. I, I clearly th- there is there's a reason. I, I just for some reason I have nothing else to be irritated about. So that's what I was irritated about on Friday. <laughs> I had a day of wonderful golf. I was going camping. What am I going to do? I'm going to spend the whole day not complaining about something. I had to complain <laughs> about something. Life is just too good. <laughs> so I more and more we meet in the middle. Yeah, right. I mean, listeners who who would kill to be at the Russian River Brewery at any given day right now are going, really, Justin? So you went in with your Russian River growler and left with it full of beer, and you're bitching about anything in the world? I went in there on Sunday. 
and yeah. uh, went in and asked how long the wait was for a table. I was, yeah, I was there Sunday too. I was told an hour and fifteen minutes, and I politely said, "Oh, thank you very much," and turned around and walked the fuck out. <laughs> the rest of the country's like, "That's nothing." Yeah, I, I would, would give I a would, shit. I would, I would wait a week. No <laughs> beer is worth standing that long in line for. It's just not right. I need to take you guys up there with me sometime and uh, yeah. let them get to know you. And and I you don't have so. to wait any time no, at all. it should be the same. You should treat every customer the <laughs> well, exact same. No, you got same. the regular treatment. Well, I don't yeah. mind the the if there's a wait, I'll, I'll either wait to eat or I won't wait to eat. That's right. nothing to complain about. It's a very successful brew pub, sure. and uh, and God bless them for it. And by the way, since I'm uh, mentioning it, the beer on tap, Tacy, correct me if I'm wrong. On Friday was incredible. There were three or four different amazing sour beers. Compunction. Oh, yeah, that's a great beer. Oh, yeah. It's made soured and made with Pluots. Yeah, that's oh, good. Oh, what a that beer. Was excellent. The uh, Sour Brown Ale, is that one Sanctification? Or is that one, you know, the the Sour Brown? Supplication, Supplication. Right? Is that Supplication? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had like two or three of those. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and the Toronado 25th, that's excellent. Yeah, that was on, I mean, oh. Every, yeah, both sides of the board were full. Were full, exactly. Yeah, because it's got those lighter, hoppy beers in there now. So I didn't complain about that, I'll tell you that no, right that's now. that's great. I just complained about my poor server lecturing me on how to take care of my growler. I want a description of her later on. <laughs> yes, you can punch her in the butt. Well, I want to kid her when uh, Vinny finds out about all this and uh, <laughs> she finds out and all that shit. Uh, I guess, and, and, she, you know, and she goes, this is what Vinny told us. And and that's the one that really put well, me over. Here's what the, I, I don't the policy is true. Policy should have been, if somebody brings it with something in it, just tell them, next time, we'd rather you bring it without something in it. Well, that is what she did, essentially. It's just that I was arguing. I was like, I said, it's fine. I said, this this thing that's in it is fine, is what I was trying to explain to her. Because she did basically say that. She said, you're supposed to bring it. And I said, no. I will not. I re- it is my growler, and if I want to bring it to you full of sanitizer, that's what I'm going to do. That's true, and and that's exactly what it should be. And yeah. and what she should have said is, what is this stuff? Uh, it's sanitizer, it's fine, it's used in the brewery all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's not fucking Dove dish, or if Dove makes it. I didn't slice a, a fucking Irish spring bar in half and <laughs> shove it in the bottle and shake it up. But that's why I think it is just like a blanket statement, and they don't have yeah. time to ask it. I, you know, I kind of get. It. I just, I, I do have to know now. Well, and it's also, it's, it's probably you know the game of telephone where Vinny probably didn't say a blanket statement, <laughs> right? She, and and she was told by the bartender who's probably just sick and tired of people not sanitizing or putting weird like dish soap or not doing anything at all, yeah, or whatever. So he just went fuck it, and he's trying to be just an asshole to everybody because everyone thinks that's cool, right? Yeah, you know? right. You should work at Tornado for that. <laughs> Anyway, miserable with all the other dicks. So this is what I have to complain about in my life, Tasty. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's important. <laughs> well, at least you've uh, gotten off the small penis. Yeah, you know that's you know you realize that that's just not going to change. And nothing to complain about there. I don't care. Yeah. What am I going to do with a big one anyway? Just get in the way. I don't know. All right. Uh, hey, this show and every show uh, that we do here, every Sunday session we do, is brought to you by More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com right now and check it out. they got a new website up. It's true. I don't know if I you've seen it, a beautiful new website. Go check it out. Very user-friendly. Morebeer.com, bringing you the session for a long time now. Our guest today is Garrett Oliver. from. Yeah. Uh, he's the br- uh, brewmaster, of course, at Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, also a very accomplished author. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been judging beer at the Great American Beer Festival for 20 years. Wow. I mean, that's a long time uh, judging beer. You know? We should ask him his hangover cure. He has to have one. If you're in the game that long... (laughs) Right. Yeah, come on. I would never 
ever give one of my beers to Garrett Ottawa. Garrett Ottawa. I don't Ottawa. think I could. He's too highly qualified. Also, <laughs> although, you know, he would not react with like the kind of knee jerk reaction. Like if it was gross, he wouldn't go. Ugh, he wouldn't like cringe. You don't think so? No, because I think, think he'd about spit it in my face. Twenty years of judging even commercial beer. There's a lot of shitty commercial beer. Yeah, he's right? had some bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's had some bad home, some bad beer. Yeah, I'm sure he can cover it up just fine and tell you, oh, it's and, and find something good and then and then turn around and go quickly throw up. Yeah, yeah, right. So you might be fine. Yeah, face it, shall be saved. I threw up today. Really? really? Pregnant? Probably looking at your small penis. <laughs> made me throw up. I was disgusted with myself. You drink that's that how, much? That's how Kate stays uh, so skinny. She um, just looks at your wiener and pukes. I'm, I'm babysitting Kate's mom's dog, her Uh-oh. little, her little uh, Yorkie. I'm not a small dog. I'm a small dog-ist racist. <laughs> I don't like them. You're a breedist. I'm a breedist. <laughs> I don't like small dogs, and I don't like this small dog. It, it keeps getting out. It keep, I keep patching holes oh, in my gosh. in my terribly falling down backyard fence, and he keeps finding them. Because the dog's so small, yeah, a bigger dog wouldn't be an issue. Well, the dog's also just been eating everything in the world lately. It jumps up on the table while we're gone. It ate forty five dollars worth of charcuterie that my brother had bought <laughs> huh, uh, last shit. week. And, and we had Which gotten like that. We had slices. gotten the, the dog came to us looking like a sausage like a month ago, and we had gotten its weight really down. And now it's twice the size that it ever was. It keeps getting into everything. It gets into the cat food, and and so the dog is not only escaping right now, but it's having duty problems. It's just dutying a lot and and difficultly. Like it's constipated sometimes, and so I keep finding duty in the house. Ooh. Well, today the dog gets out. And is apparently running down the middle of the street. I don't know this because I thought it was in the backyard. Right. And uh, I get a call from Kate who's at work and she says, oh, I just got a phone call. Someone's got the dog. The dog's out. So the dog is running down the middle of the street. This woman, an older woman, pulls over, gets the dog. She's worried about the dog. And the dog duties all down her shirt. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> the dog just... Just poopy everywhere. Oh, Here, have some charcuterie. And <laughs> it's recycled. What are you green? Yeah, it's I'm not green it, yet. It's by the time the phone call goes through and I get there and I figure out where they are, uh, like another neighbor, like the woman's shirt is now all wet because another neighbor had helped her clean the poopy off of her. <laughs> oh my god! And so, you know, I get to her and she's very nice. The woman's very nice. I was worried about the dog. It's running down the street. And by the way, and at this point, I had picked up the dog. And she says, and by the way, you know, it kind of had a, it kind of dutied all over me when I picked it up, and you might want to give it a bath. So I then go inside, and I, and I start to wash this dog. And I discover that there's, there's poopy everywhere. It's in the hair, and it's like halfway out of the butt, and still in the butt, and it's just, it's everywhere. And I have to leave, but I can't just leave the dog full of poop for the day. So I cleaned it until I threw up. <laughs> I'm, I'm gagging the whole time because I can't do these things. I've got rubber gloves on, and I'm wearing a mask, and I'm doing everything I can. And you still vomit this. And I vomped him. Vomped him everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm cleaning, and I'm and I'm, the whole time I'm gagging. I'm holding it back until finally. I threw up everywhere. So now on my bathroom floor, there's duty and there's my, my vomit. That explains why you came into work early. Oh, there's just a mess everywhere. So Kate, I, it's I, yours. I, basically, I do everything I can. I call Kate the Great. I say, I'm leaving. There's poopy. There's There might be a little puke. I did what I could. It's your problem. You should have puked on the dog's pee hole. <laughs> that would have been the best. I'm like soaking the dog's little butt and I, I'm chewing everything to get the duty. 
Ow. She's going to have to slice her arms open now and bleed all over it just to make it better, I guess. <laughs> <It was laughs> everything. Add on to it. Why not? This? I don't know what she came home to. What is it about <laughs> hot water, man, that makes duty smell worse? Yeah. Like, even like with... Uh, it was. Know, I have chickens. Uh, as chicks, they can get clogged. Like, the poop can, <clears throat> like, clog in the vent <laughs> hole. Yeah. And yeah. their feathers and or their little... So you, you have, have to clean it? So if it happens, you have to check all the time. <sighs> so I'm and it basically looks like if you put your thumb against your forefinger, that's a vent. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's <sighs> real gross. So you have to check it all the time, and then if if it gets stuck in there, yeah, you have to run it underwater, hold hold the chicken's butt underwater, and like with your thumb and forefinger, just rub back and forth until it loosens. <sighs> See, and I comes can't out. do that. They're going to get constipated and explode. <laughs> well, and that's <laughs> what I was... That's what I was worried about this dog but it smells, I couldn't imagine that it wouldn't just wash off. Right, but the hot water makes it smell so uh, much worse. It's terrible. Yeah, it uh, it yeah, volatizes it all that aroma for you. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Let me tell you, in 13 years, I never once had to wipe the biscuit's butt. Well, I didn't have to wipe her butt. It was a dog. It's a little dog it, thing. It's a little hairy butted dog thing or something. Well, I don't wait know. till you have a kid. Oh, well, that's different. I did. I've had to wipe no, my sorry. nephew's butt once. He, you know. Uh, I think it, Nicole's he, nephew took a dump in our house like about a week and a half ago. Like just she on the to, carpet. Yeah, she was trying to blame the cat. <laughs> You're like the, the cat, cat doesn't eat corn. Yeah. You're like the, sorry. Like the cat isn't even that big. The kid's only a year and a half old, so I cut him a break. But that was a little kid's dump. I think. Yeah. She stepped in it though, so you know. She, I can't do only cover the, for the kid. You know, it's it's less that I'm a germaphobe that I am like I'm a fluidophobe. I don't like other species or even my own species things on me. I don't like their spit. I certainly don't like their duty. <laughs> yeah, little kids are like uh, uh, I was at. This is obviously you know five years ago. I was at my babysitter's house uh, one time, and this this little I went to go check on the baby. She's like, go check on the baby. And it was covered head to toe in its own fecal matter. Right. And was just happy as a pig and shit. Like, yeah. just on the crib, just holding the crib, going, ah, just stinky, oh. just all up the back of its diaper. And then it got into it and put it in its hair oh, and rubbed God. it. Like, in, it was, like, driven into the mesh screen How of the thing. How do you throw up all over the place? I don't have I the stomach. Have to, I didn't have to clean it. I was, like, eight. I don't care. Ugh, I would do nothing but throw up. And I just... Sounds like you did nothing but throw up. I did. I threw up all over the place. It's a felt good like, story. I felt like such a pussy. I was like, man, it's just, oh, a, it's be just a little sure. duty. But uh, uh, anyway. It's a good start to the <laughs> Garrett Oliver show. Yeah. The, the one guest that we've been asked about for seven years and have not come through until today. Right. Duty it's the, story. It's the day that I have a duty barf story. Yeah. Sorry, Garrett. All right, a couple of announcements today. Uh, Hop Grenade IPA kits are in the store. Get them all the fresh. Uh, it's a great kit designed by us here. Nathan Smith uh, worked hard on it. Tasty gave him a hand. Um, and it's got a lot of great hops in it. And, uh, in fact, they had trouble even sourcing all the hops for us because uh, Nate chose some good ones. And uh, you can get it uh, in the store right now. And it's a five-gallon extract kit. You can brew something quick. And um, I don't yeah. think you'll be disappointed with the result of that recipe. There's no way. Make an IPABN style? Yeah. Drink along with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah? We're thinking of doing a, a contest. I was talking to Jamel about it today. Um, buy the kit, and you can only enter this kit. We might do a um, uh, our first-ever homebrew competition mm-hmm. here at the BN. Uh, buy the kit, enter to win, and we'll judge. And, and we're coming up with some a big prize. 
to give the oh, winner. That's so, a cool idea. We'll give you some details on that uh, soon. I was trying to talk him out of telling you that. Yeah, I know. He told yeah. me that. I think it's a good idea because yeah. um, there's not that many kits anyway. There's only right. like, I think there's only like 50 of them. I think and, so. Um, so it's not a whole bunch of beer. Well, there's 49. Let's not exaggerate. Uh, okay. I mean, you're being an asshole right now. <laughs> right. So, anyway, uh, more details on that coming up. But buy your kit now in the uh, BN store. Uh, there's glassware and other merchandise in the store, T-shirts, um, new hats are coming in. They're, uh, in fact, I saw they shipped today. Um, all right, shop uh, at Amazon through the Brewing Network. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage. Shop is normally wood, and it helps us out. Same with Micromatic. There's a Micromatic banner. So if you need um, uh, kegging or... Uh, tap draft supplies you can go to micromatic and we get a little cut of that too um iphone and android apps are out there and working i you know if they're if they're not working for you i i'm not sure what's wrong because they all seem to be working fine for me uh search bn mobile in the android marketplace and uh and itunes and that's how you get it subscribe and join the bn army uh just by going to um the donate page uh any recurring donor is entered into the more beer monthly uh donation giveaway um, you could watch this live on justin.tv slash brewing network. Uh, every time we're live, we've got the videos going. And also, by the way, um, Susie Q is in the chat room today uh, taking your phone calls and your chat text is things. Oh, t- text is, I think. Yeah, just pronounced. hit the chat button on the homepage. Uh, there's also a, uh, a local, at least local to us, Bay Area competition, the uh, 2012 Homebrew Competition for German Beers, put on by the Mad Zymer just down there in um, Livermore area, I think. The Oktoberfest in the Diamond, it looks like. Uh, September 8th to the 16th is the entry window. Judging takes place on September 29th in Pleasanton, and the winners are announced at the Oktoberfest Festival on October 6th. At 150 on the main stage at MacArthur and Fruitvale in Oakland. Uh, again, it's only for German beers. Comp details are seven bucks per entry. First, second, third place ribbons for each category grouping and ble- best of show to blessed overall beer. Oh, delivery! Uh, deliver three bottles with entry form and labels to one of these locations. Drop off or ship. So if you're out of town and you want to ship your entries or whatever, you can go to brew, uh, ship them to Brewmaster. Uh, in San Leandro, drop off only. You can drop them off to a couple places, but the best place to drop them off to is Hop Tech in Dublin. Okay. You can go there, get a nice couple good home brews from the Jade and Roberto. Uh, anyway, for more uh, information, go to madzymergist.org slash Oktoberfest. Beautiful. Get all this info and more over on Twitter and feedback. Send your show ideas over to Scott the Jew. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback yeah. at thebrewingnetwork.com. And we'll do feedback a little later in the program because we're running out of time. we got to get to Garrett Oliver. We've Demo. also got Stu Stewart back on the show today talking to us about Bamberg beer right. today. Uh, he, he sent us some Bamberg beer that we're going to get to try. He's going to come on and talk to us about one of his uh, beer tours there to Bamberg. That's later on in the program. Program. But first, before the break, what's our Twitter game, JP? Oh, our Twitter game. Uh, I think this is a good one. Um, <clears throat> I will quote my note. Uh, we've all had sex changes. Rank us from ugly to hot. Good one. I like it. I so. think it's pretty good. So we've all had sex changes. We are all now female. Susie Q is now male. Yep. I want to know who's who's hot or not, but I would rank from bottom you know, bottom up. Okay. So they have to rank... Every, is it everybody in the studio or like the whole BN staff? I'd say the whole BN staff. If you want to yeah. go, it's only 140 characters, so uh, probably tough, everyone yeah. in the studio, but... All the brewcasters and and the uh, and the chat mods, the lovely Susie and lovely Bevo. Okay, and today in the studio we have, of course, JP Moscow, Tasty Nathan, myself. Not sure if Doc's going to show up. He's on a Burning Man deadline this week, so he might be uh, busy building stuff, to, or stuff to blow up. 
set on fire. Tanks and missiles, gunfire. <laughs> or that you need a hippie land. Yeah, are, are exactly. Laser? He's probably bringing a weed whacker to trim hippie <laughs> pubic hair. <laughs> oh, now I see it. Right. All right, like I said, we'll do feedback a little bit later. Let's take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk to Garrett Oliver, the brewmaster at Brooklyn Brewery. And I've got a a rare beer of Brooklyn Brewery uh, that I had in my cellar that I brought for the show. So we'll bust that out, too. 888-401-BEER if you've got questions or hit the chat button on the homepage. It's the session. Hang in there. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Thanks to all our sponsors for supporting the show. Uh, With us on the program right now, we should have Garrett Oliver, who's the brewmaster at uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Garrett, you with us? I am with you. I'm fascinated by these ads. I've never heard anything like it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're the only ones doing it, actually. So uh, is it kind of nice to hear uh, beer ads on, uh, on a weird little radio station? It is. It's like uh, so different than back in the day. I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to these things like, ooh, they have two and a half gallon fermenters. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like those sound cool. I could use some of those. Right. We can give you a good deal on ten thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, Garrett, if I'm not mistaken, um, you went to school for uh, broadcasting, didn't you? That was what I originally intended to do. I, I thought I was going to direct. You know, so uh, my degree is in broadcasting and film. Got it. How did you make the transition from that? Which, by the way, I think you probably made the right move. Uh, we're all very poor in this studio. Uh, but how did you make the well, transition? As, as you may have heard from some other people, uh, brewing does not exactly give you a major boost in income. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you sort of made a lateral decision is what you did. Exactly. Uh, how did you transition from that into beer, though? Well, it wasn't a direct transition. I mean, I, I, I moved to England uh, after working for HBO over uh, the summer after I graduated. I moved to England in 1983 and uh, uh, went to stage manage a place called University of London Union. Put on a lot of great bands. I had an 800-person concert hall. 
Wow. You know, and I, I had run all the entertainment for Boston University, so we put on a lot of great bands. We had R.E.M., we had the Ramones, we had, oh, wow. uh, uh, you know, we, we, we had so many great people. The, the Beat. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and then I moved to London and, um, and was continuing to do my stage managing gig. Uh, and fell in love with beer kind of on the side. Okay. And so when I got back to the United States, I was still in love with beer, but beer was not here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and that was the thing that I, uh, that I, I didn't know anything about when I got back. So I actually had no intention of being even a home brewer. My best friend got me a home brewing kit for Christmas because he got tired of hearing me complain about how you couldn't get any decent <laughs> beer in the United States. Right. So basically, you gave me a kid and said, you know, stop complaining here, make your own. You had to put your beer where your mouth is. Exactly. You know, so I did. Okay. <laughs> Got it. It seems, to, it seems to have worked out. How long did you spend as a home brewer before turning professional? Uh, four and a half years. You know, I guess it would have been 1984. Uh, that I, uh, that I got the kit, so four and a half, five years. Okay. And I helped found a group still going called the New York City Home Brewers Guild. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I go talk to those guys, uh, uh, you know, every year and at least, uh, do, uh, do one meeting with them. Wonderful. And, uh, still, still a big group, over a hundred members. And, uh, that was really early in the day, especially for, uh, for the East Coast. Sure. Such a common theme that we get from uh, folks who have been in the craft beer world for as long as you have, Garrett, that, that the passion really started by traveling and then coming back here to a beer wasteland. And uh, so many of us now, certainly there's a generation of kids now who will have no idea that you couldn't just go to the supermarket and buy craft beer on the shelf. Yeah, well, you talk to the same people, and often it's you know, trying to explain the 1970s supermarket where there weren't really any fresh vegetables. You know, and uh, there was only really one kind of bread, and there were three kinds of cheese. <laughs> and, you know, if I were to show you a picture, you know, of what a supermarket actually looked like in 1975, you really, really would not believe it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it bears no resemblance to, you know, what people walk into today, but it was a gradual change, so most people didn't notice. And the and what happened in American food parallels exactly uh, what happened in American beer? You know, people uh, use the fact that the airlines were deregulated. Suddenly, the price of airline tickets dropped from being something that only uh, rich people could afford mm-hmm. to being more of a middle-class thing. People started going to Europe, and they got back, and they said, wait a minute, where's ours? Yeah. Hmm. And it happened to cheese, and it happened to bread, and it happened to food. And beer was very much part of the same phenomenon. Got it. I love it. The democratization of, of beer and food. Yeah. Just making it accessible to all of us. I do remember, and it's not even just a thing of, of the past. Um, some of us, myself included, I, you know, I was raised in the middle of the desert, and I'm pretty sure we just had one kind of cheese and one kind of beer and yeah. all that. Uh, it was processed American. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that's just how I was raised. It was my family. And so then I moved to the Bay Area, to San Francisco. Yeah. My eyes opened a little bit. Then I traveled a little bit to Europe, and I came back, and I... All of a sudden, Wonder Bread just didn't cut it anymore. No, Wonder Bread and government cheese doesn't it just hack wasn't, it. Man. Uh, it wasn't doing it for me anymore. I'm looking at it on Google Images, uh, like a supermarket from 1975. I knew it was true when Garrett said it just uh, now, yeah. but yeah, there's a, 
oh, it's unrecognizable. I'm going right. to send you a side by side right now. <laughs> Open our eyes yeah. with it. Yeah. I have to go do that one myself because I'm doing it from memory, but I actually haven't looked it up to see what it looked like. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Check it out. You you might surprise yourself, Garrett. <laughs> no, but I, I literally I didn't see a broccoli plant until I was in my twenties. You know, that's like <laughs> right. You know, that's pretty sad, but it's actually not a joke. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, basically vegetables came in frozen blocks. You know, cook for half an hour until gray. Right. So, you know, yeah. when, when I went to Paris the first time and I had a fresh baguette and I walked into a cheese shop and it actually smelled like cheese. Yeah. And basically just bowled me right over. I mean, a cheese shop, I mean, even the idea of a cheese shop, you know, what, what the hell is a cheese shop? <laughs> right. You know, there was no, there was no cheese shop. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, many, how much shelf space uh, you know, do you need for two kinds of cheese? City. Maybe there were one or two. I'm not even sure that Murray's was going right. you know, back then. Um, there, there really was a, a vacuum. Okay. Now, have you always been in New York City? I mean, aside from your time in, in Europe, uh, have you, in the States, always been in New York City? I am born and bred New York. I am born and bred New Yorker. Okay, got it. I, I'm a little bit surprised to hear about a city like New York being as as bland as as you make it sound. Um, yeah, we all. I mean, at least out here, I don't know how it is for the rest of the country, but I think on the West Coast, we always hear as New York as the cultural kind of hotbed for everything, and they have everything you want all the time. Know, yeah, all the time. And uh, you know, well, we, we had weird. probably the best restaurants in the United States, certainly. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we had a lot of other things culturally, and this pains me greatly as a, uh, you know, fairly chauvinistic New Yorker. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, the revolution in, uh, in eating and drinking in the United States came out of California. You know, and it really was, it grew out of, uh, connoisseurship of both food and of wine. Okay. You know, UC Davis certainly had a lot to do with it. The California wine industry had a lot to do with it. Um, People's connoisseurship in a place where you could grow wonderful vegetables basically year-round and people having this wonderful bounty of stuff to cook with but not doing great stuff with it yet. You know, led to people like Alice Waters coming back from Paris and saying, wait a minute, where's ours? Yeah. Uh, the same thing happening, obviously, in the 70s in the, uh, uh, in the wine industry. So really, I would say that uh, what happened in American craft beer in many ways grew out of the connoisseurship for wine coming out of California in the 70s. Interesting. And and you you now are known as an advocate as beer, uh, and of course you'd be preaching to the choir here. But uh, for for beer to be on the level, uh, you know, on par with with the great wines in the world. Well, I mean, absolutely, and as far as I'm concerned, in many ways beyond. And I say that you know, as a wine geek, um, you know, and uh, many of my friends are wine importers. They run wine shops and they're sommeliers, and I get a chance to drink a lot of really wonderful stuff, and mm-hmm. I love wine, but. It doesn't have nearly the depth and breadth that, uh, that, that beer does. And that's not really a criticism of it. It's just a observable fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, the reason for it is pretty simple. I mean, wine has essentially one ingredient. Wine's right. made from grapes. Right. Um, and there are different kinds of grapes, and they have different flavors. I'm actually familiar with a great many of them. But beer can be made from almost anything. It starts with a few basic ingredients. But you can't go adding, I guess you could, but nobody does, adding chocolate to wine and ginger to wine and, and, and coriander to wine. Uh, so actually, brewing is a lot more like cooking than it is like winemaking. 
Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, the, uh, the brewing mind is a cooking mind. It is not a winemaking mind. Mm. Well, I think if you went to add those things to wine, that would be blasphemous almost. <laughs> I mean, well, people... I think, I think, well, interestingly, you know, if you wanted to get into it historically, it wouldn't be blasphemous. It would be normal. Mm. You know, much, you know, much wine from much of history was spiced. Right, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, and it wasn't very good. You know, uh, it, it's only really in the last few hundred years, you know, that especially uh, uh, outside of France, you know, you've gotten far away from that spiced wine tradition. And certainly the French were the ones who really helped codify, uh, you know, what modern winemaking is about. And then leading to, you know, what happens uh, out in places like UC Davis with uh, ultra-modern winemaking, which has its good things and certainly its uh, depredations as well. Do you think that mm. wine used to be spiced to cover up poor fermentation and crops and things like that? Was it a cover-up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um you know, there were uh, there were many things that were done to avoid spoilage. I mean, port, for example, is basically, like many fortified wines, an invention, you know, uh, in that case of the British, to get Portuguese wine, you know, to England without it spoiling. I see. You know, many things were done to cover up things, to avoid spoilage, uh, uh, et cetera. Got it. And, you know, so, you know, we really have a uh, a background there. Uh, of that, but what's interesting is that in the United States, of course, wine really never took off until the 70s, 80s, kind of 90s is when uh, wine really became something in the United States. And before then, wine was actually looked down upon hmm. by most people. It was uh, it was connected with uh, immigrants, um, particularly Italian immigrants. And uh, if you recall, the old term for an alcoholic was wino. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't connected to beer, and it wasn't connected to uh, you know to, to, to liquor. Wine was not something that was uh, was looked up to. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, but it it was in every household. My my great grandfather in in Greece, uh, there was a, a the winemaker would come by and check on everyone's wine and he would drip you know dip the uh the um raisins into the into the wine and get the sugar level back up and all this kind of hmm. it was like a th- that's In just Greece, what, though that's yeah. what you did yeah yeah it's that, like a house call by a doctor that's, that's awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty, awesome it's pretty neat but uh you, you know n- nowadays i think if you're if you're making beer at home or yeah. even wine for that matter but probably more beer it's 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 a shocking brand new thing like it's this new resurgence but no one knows it was done Hundreds of years ago, anyway. Right. Well, my great, you know, my my grandfather made uh, made beer. I didn't even know that until after he had died. You know, but he made beer uh, during Prohibition, and many people did not because they wanted to make it, but out of necessity uh, during Prohibition or wishes to have some kind of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, beer started off in most societies as part of women's work. Uh, it was making the bread, making the cheese, making the beer. It was just part of what you did to to run a household. And what's interesting to me right now is that, you know, most of us as craft brewers from the 80s and early 90s started off making beer because we wanted to have some beer, mm-hmm. not because we were interested in making it. Um, these days, almost everybody who goes into home brewing is making the beer because they're fascinated to make the beer right. or because they have a particular creative thing that they would like to do. It's not because they can't get any, you know, because uh, uh, in almost every place, you know, uh, great beer is available, 
essentially almost everywhere. Sure. And thank goodness for that. We're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, now, the the growth of craft beer, you know, ha- sometimes I have to remind myself when I have these conversations with guys like you, Garrett, you know, we surround ourselves with beer geeks and home brewers and, and craft professionals like yourselves. So sometimes I'm surprised that there's still a conversation about beer being elevated like, like wine is. Right. Um, but you still uh, do kind of fight that battle sometimes. I see you quoted in newspaper, more mainstream newspapers where the conversation is still being had. It's still a new statement when Garrett Oliver goes... Uh, uh, you know, when is quoted in the New York Times as saying uh, beer is better for pairing with food than wine. Controversial, you know, super controversial. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, you know, it is a little bit sad, you know, that uh, I mean, we have come an awfully long way, you know, and I always have to remind myself, you know, not to uh, not to get too down about it because we're far beyond uh, uh, where we were, certainly. Yeah. But you know, here, you know, I was talking to some people, some true professionals. Um, who ran a lot of, you know, big chains and things like that. And one thing I said to them, which I think is certainly true, and it's an interesting thing to think about, if you go into your average restaurant in the United States and you're talking about the wine, the servers will probably know the wine better than, say, 95% of the customers. Hmm. They've been trained at least enough to know what this is. Or maybe there'll be, if it's a better restaurant, there'll be a sommelier, and he's going to know the wines better than 99% of the customers. Craft beer is the only food, the only food or beverage in which it is completely normal for the customer to know more in the house. Wow, you're right. In, yeah. in, in, yeah. in, fact, in fact, they usually do. Um, and it is the only one. You cannot name a single other food or drink product for which this is true. Wow. That, that is a disaster. It's a disaster for the food and drink industry. It's a disaster for the customer because everyone is being ill-served by the fact that your average restaurant knows nothing about a beverage, which in many cases, even in better restaurants, maybe 5 to 10% you know, of their income. Right. Yeah. And it's difficult even for customers like me, for the customers that, you know, that do know more about the beer, um, without a microphone in my face and a room to hide behind, I'm a little timid. And uh, in the restaurant, I'm uncomfortable uh, either arguing with the server or trying to explain to him that he brought me not the right beer or he didn't serve the beer properly yeah. or please don't pour me the bottom of that beer um, with, with the yeast and everything else. It, you know, Garrett, should, should we be more vocal as consumers? I would say absolutely, and there's no need to be, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be mean to anybody or or, or right. whatever else. But you know, you can tell somebody beforehand as nicely as possible. Okay, you know, uh, you know, uh, this is the way I want to want this poured, or I would like to have this kind of glass. And I always, my dad always said, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you know, never feel embarrassed to ask for what you want. It's your money. Mm-hmm. You're paying. For this experience, and if you walk out without the experience that you wanted, well, whose fault is that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you didn't ask for it, um, you yeah, know, right. if someone brought you your steak and it was uh, you asked for it rare and it was cooked all the way through, hopefully you would say something. Yeah, I say that to um, my girlfriend all the time. <laughs> if you don't like, oh, I, I asked for nothing, but I'll just scrape it off and whatever. Well, if that's not what you want. Yeah, you got the wrong thing, and you're not sending no, it back. No, I don't no, want to I mean, hear it. And, and, and if, now, if you ordered something and you just don't like it, 
you know, that's different. Right, you know, uh, right. Uh, you know, when people go and check out a wine and they sniff it and whatever else, what you're supposed to be looking for is whether or not the wine is corked, meaning it's gone bad. <laughs> Not whether or not this was, you know, your favorite type of wine. <laughs> you know, you chose that wine, you know, you don't like it. That's kind of your problem if right. it's yeah. tasting the way it's supposed to. But for everything else in a restaurant, if, if it's massively oversalted, it's not cooked the right way, you know, uh, uh, you, know you should be reasonable. But, you know, there's no reason for you to, to put up with somebody pouring you a perfectly nice beer or in a little frozen jam jar. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was the perfect visual, by the way. Yeah. Now, let you've me ask. It. Don't tell me you haven't seen it. Oh, no. yeah. Where I you have. can see the sanitizer as frozen halfway. You can see the trail, the iceberg of the sanitizer down the. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those are the best. Well, now, how about this, Garrett? Because I. And we've talked about this topic on the show before, so I can picture that you might even have more difficulty than us. What about the craft beer bars? They're, they're there. They're, they're promoting craft beer. They're serving craft beer. But. They haven't learned to take care of their beer lines yet, for example. And and here you are. You go into a craft beer bar, and you order a Brooklyn lager, and that is nowhere near the beer that you made in the brewery, Garrett. What do you do about that? Well, you know, you, try to, you, know, you obviously try to be polite. You know, uh, yeah. uh, things do happen. Yeah. Uh, but um, thankfully, most beer bars, from what I'm seeing, are actually having their lines cleaned frequently. Uh, we're seeing less and less. I mean, in the old days, going back to the 90s, you know, uh, you used to often see things much worse than that. People serving beer with air. I mean, literally pushing the beer oh, with air, right? Uh, as opposed to CO two, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, and then after air, you saw a G mix, which is a mixture of nitrogen and CO two, which would uh, preserve the beer for a while, but often cause it to go flat. And then finally, you're seeing people with relatively sophisticated uh, 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 draft systems who are taking care of them. Um, if uh, if if the beer is not tasting right and people aren't taking care of it, and you really know that's the case, I think it's up to the brewery and up to the customer uh, to say something. I mean, you can tell when people aren't taking care of their lines. Yeah. And you know, I have walked into places that have been open for the better part of a year, and you know, you kind of say to them gently, "Well, when was the last time you cleaned your lines?" And they say. Clean the lines. Oh no! Yeah, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> that, that happened to me the other day. Yeah. Well, actually, not to me, but a, a friend of mine. We uh, there was a there's a, a bar, and it's just like they don't they don't know because they rely on the distributors, right? Which is yeah. a, a detriment to craft beer in general. It's like it, you you're serving the beer. Do you rely on someone else to clean the plates and the forks? <laughs> yeah, well, you wouldn't in, do in that. New York City, that would be illegal. You know, you're not allowed as a distributor or a brewery oh. to clean, you know, because mm. that, that stuff doesn't belong to you. Right. Uh, uh, and you are, you know, you basically, as a distributor, you're offering a service of value mm-hmm. um, that the smaller guy can't offer, and that is, uh, you know, obviously a restraint of trade. It's the way that, uh, you know, big brewers uh, do in little brewers. Yeah. Just to offer perks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, my feeling always has been that if you run a restaurant or you run a bar, you know, you run your restaurant or a bar. You take care of your business. You clean your plates. You make sure your silverware is clean. You make sure your glassware is clean. You make sure your lines are clean. Right. You know, and you take care, you know, of, of your own place. Um, I think that, you know, the good thing is that we're seeing uh, we're seeing a tipping point right now where there, is, there are a lot of bars and restaurants 
who may not feel like they're interested in craft beer, but they have come to realize they can't ignore this thing anymore, uh, that they're leaving money on the table, and they have decided that they need to up their game. Right. Both by getting a better list, but also by starting to hire people who have a familiarity with craft beer, or better yet, um, starting to teach them. And that's what, you know, the Cicerone program you know, has started to do so successfully. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, you know, I've been quite amazed by the success of that program. And, you know, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not proud to say, but at first when I heard about it and Ray told me about it, I said, well, it's, you know, that's a cute idea. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, and it would be really nice if people had this kind of beer knowledge. But, uh, you know, I thought the idea of a beer sommelier sounded silly. And right. I still think that the idea of a beer sommelier is silly, um, that a sommelier in a restaurant, you know, should know wine and beer and cocktails and sake, and there should be no necessity for a separate person. Hmm. Oh, yeah. But what I didn't realize, I suppose, is how much of a hunger there was uh, commercially for people to have this knowledge because, you know, there really was nowhere to learn it. Right. Um, True. And if people didn't come in the door with this knowledge already, well, how were they supposed to get it? And it simply hadn't really occurred to me before. You know, I'm w- now Cicerone is a wonderful sponsor of ours. Now they have been for a year or two. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you, Garrett. When I first heard the idea, I just thought I thought the world wasn't ready for it yet. I thought, you I know, thought Ray, I love it. I think you're a genius. I'm not sure enough people are going to pay you for that. And I could not have been more wrong, and I think it's wonderful. Because most of this, at least as far as I can tell, most of the Cicerone um, being done is is restaurants coming in and saying, I need one of these. i got to yeah. have a guy who knows, or a girl, who knows what they're doing. I thought, yeah, and, and it's trying to get ahead of the consumer. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, anything, any food, any drink where the consumer who's coming in the door knows more than you, that is a really bad place to be. Yeah. <laughs> and you, know, and you, you, yeah. you simply, you can't, you simply can't run a proper business and stay and stay in that position. You know, right. where you are at a disadvantage in front of your customer. It's so you know, funny. I remember one time going to a steak restaurant. I can't remember what town it was in, and I was unfamiliar with this cut of steak that was in front of me. And I said, well. Um, you know, what part of the cow is it from and what's the texture? And, you know, he said he didn't know. So I left. <laughs> yeah. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, it's a steakhouse. <laughs> it's, a, you know, like, it's a steakhouse. Yeah. Right. You know, like, all you do is steak. That's but It says steakhouse right outside, <laughs> and you can't tell me yeah. what part of the cow this steak fr- comes from and what kind of texture it has. Well, you can't tell me. What can you tell me? Right. <laughs> right. Know? How much it costs. <laughs> Yet that's perfectly acceptable in craft beer. Like you're saying, Garrett, yeah. well, it shouldn't be acceptable, but it's the standard is what it is. Yeah, yeah. you don't expect well, the server know, to know. Yeah. I think it's becoming less acceptable, and I think also that servers are glad to have this knowledge because you know who wants to walk out there on the floor and be confronted by you know by somebody who clearly you know uh, uh, you know loves the uh, craft beer and has some expertise in it and watch them run rings around you when this is your job right you know that that has to be humiliating who wants you know, I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't want to be 
in that situation. Yeah, no. or yeah. stake people or anything. Like, why would you want to say, I don't know, when someone asks Never. you, wouldn't you rather have the answer? Because you're a poor employee. <laughs> yeah, psh, I don't know, bro. Because <laughs> you're a horrible employee. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is that, you know, among, you know, among things, you know, that people are interested in when it comes to food and drink, craft beer drinkers are probably the most passionate. And so if you have servers who actually know their way around a bit and can talk to this person, the thing that, that a lot of uh, restaurants are coming to realize is that uh, you have a whole new rapport with that customer. Mm-hmm. And when you go into a place and somebody actually knows something about beer, a conversation starts up that's beyond, like, hi, my name is Cindy, and I'll be your server tonight. <laughs> um, you know, when she says that, oh, she, you know, she loves uh, Ralph beer, and she likes this one, that one, she particularly thinks it's good with, uh, what, that's a whole new conversation. Now you're paying attention to her in a way that you weren't before. You have respect for her. Her tip just went up. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, like, don't even act like it hasn't gone up. It's gone <laughs> up instantly. Yeah, right. You know? uh, it's gone up. And, Everything's better for everybody. The yeah. customer leaves with knowledge, and that's added value. That's that you get more for your money when you leave with knowledge. Yeah, I've waited. And, I've know, waited and, for and that is, And that is what produces, you know, for the restaurant the holy grail, which is a happier customer and a higher check average. Right, and a regular. You know, a, a, yeah, and a regular. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I, I've waited for for servers who know uh, about beer. Mm-hmm. I've waited. They're they're working the, ne- like, the you, next day. Yeah, like well, I'll, well, I'll wait. well, not like I'm waiting outside at eleven thirty, waiting for them to open, but like <laughs> right. stalking them home. But if they're if they're you know if a table in their section's about to clear up, I'll wait for it for that person because sure. the other person doesn't know whatever they're talking about. Yeah, uh, Nicole. Well, what's interesting. Yeah, is in wine. It's the exact opposite. Hmm. It is the sommelier who is waiting for the customer who knows about wine. Oh, right. You know, of which there are relatively few. You know, there are people who think they know about wine, and they're going to come in, they're going to say, oh, I want, and then, like, name the top, you know, 15 trophy wines of some particular period. So, right. you know, you got any Screaming Eagle, you got this, you got that, and it's the same 20 names over and over again. And then somebody comes in and looks at the list and says, that's interesting, that's interesting, and I don't even know how you can offer that, but uh, what else do you have? Right. Yeah, you know, and and that's when when suddenly the somebody w- wakes up and starts to have a conversation they otherwise don't have an opportunity to have, uh, <laughs> and it's exactly the opposite in craft beer most of the time. We're getting there. Yeah. It, you know, it's my fear that one day uh, that's what craft beer ends like. Every dope thinks they know everything about craft beer. Do you guys have any canty on? And then we're just a bunch of tubby know-it-alls going into <laughs> restaurants telling everybody about beer. I've done it. Uh, when, I was, when I was starting out to be a homebrew, I thought I knew everything and, and everything there was to know about beer in the entire universe. And <laughs> I went to a brew pub and, and, and uh, had the audacity to claim that they misspelled tetanang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That actually should be uh, Tetninger. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, great. And then uh, it's it, it. Actually, I wake up with night terrors still. <laughs> I'm such. No, I'm yeah, so embarrassed. People often ask, "Well, you know, are we getting to the point where beer is too precious, et cetera, et cetera?" And I have to say that we are so far from that. That is that is my greatest wish that that should actually one day become a worry. Right. You know, in, mm-hmm. in the meantime, you know, every major newspaper uh, uh, has a. a <laughs> you know, where none of them has a uh, uh, almost none of them has a beer column. You know, we have a uh, an extreme disparity 
you know, in uh, in press coverage. And, you know, we're not even close. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Garrett, i got to take a quick break. Take care of some sponsors, if you can hang in there for a second. Uh, also, your phone kind of keeps changing volumes. I'm not sure if someone's picking up another line. And then uh, hitting a I speed dial. Either. I was hoping that you weren't hearing uh, this uh, breakup. <laughs> nah, we're getting the breakup. So let we me do this. Let me take a, a quick break, take care of some sponsors, and uh, we'll continue. I want to talk about Brooklyn Beer when we get back. Very good. All right. It's the session. We're talking to Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery. I've got a local uh, local number two Brooklyn beer in front of us that we can try and talk to Garrett about. Plus, I want to talk about the Oxford Beer Companion. All that and more with Garrett from the Brooklyn Brewery when we come back. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Have you ever dreamed of taking a beer tour through Belgium or Germany, but weren't sure how to even start? Or were afraid of missing the best places and events? Or maybe you just wish you had a local insider to take you around? Well, there's only one American tour company featured in the Good Beer Guide to Belgium. Belgian Beer Me, your personal beer tour guide of Belgium and Germany, is ready to go at BelgianBeerMe.com and at BambergBeerMe.com. Founder Stu Stewart personally leads eight tours a year to Belgium and Germany, visiting the finest breweries, beer cafes, abbeys, and festivals, stocking stuffers, birthday presents, and the best honeymoon ever. Couples or individuals love Belgian Beer Me beer tours. Your life is now. Sign up for a beer tour today at Belgian Beer Me or BambergBeerMe.com because all that beer is not going to drink itself. Like both Belgian Beer Me and Bamberg Beer Me on Facebook to follow current and upcoming tours. Seven short minutes of California State Route 101. There lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling, and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling, and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream. Like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chillin' on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. And let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches, and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate. And you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax, grillin' and chillin' has beer to go. Relax, grillin' and chillin'. Let them grill so you can chill. into the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... 
Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for sticking with us. We're talking to Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Breweries on the line with us, and I've got a local two that I just opened up for us, Garrett. And well, I hope you've got it at a nice temperature. It is. That I did. I took it out of the fridge about a half hour ago to let it warm up a little bit. Awesome. Uh, I don't know how I got the beer, to be honest. A lot of times <laughs> listeners will will send us beer from their region, so we might have gotten it that way. Um However, I got it. I know I've had it for a little while, and uh, apparently I've taken pretty good care of it. And I will point this out. the I took off the cage. The cork came popping right out. I, I think I, I think you owe me a ceiling tile, Garrett. Yeah, well, I, I always tell people, think of it just like champagne. Do not point it at anybody that you like. Yeah. You know, when you, uh, when you open it up, it is, uh, it, it is, it, it is lively. It is. It um, is. However, I don't. I, I think that you'll find that uh, uh, hopefully it did, there was no gushing or anything along those. No, lines. nothing, and that's what I wanted to say. So it came popping out, and the first thing I did was grab a glass, right? Because I that's your my reaction is the next thing that's going to happen. It did not gush a single bit. 
it just has a nice amount of CO2 in there to keep it fresh. Poured awesome. beautifully. Yeah, it well, really you know, poured great. I hate those situations where you're, you're you're sitting there and you're tugging, you're tugging, you're tugging, you're trying to get the cork out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a thin line between the cork coming out pretty easily uh, 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 and, and having to uh, tug on it. So, you know, then we've got it just right there right there at the edge. So I always tell people when you take the cage off, just keep a quick eye on it. I, get your hand on that cork fast. If I had known, I'd have poured it right at, uh, pointed it right at JP here, but I didn't know. <laughs> you know. That's all right. I'm a quick dog. So tell us about this beer, Garrett. Uh, Local 2 was the second uh, beer that we ever did of the uh, group of beers that we do that are completely bottle-conditioned. We brought it out in, I guess, 2009. Okay. Um, And it is broadly within the Belgian strong strong dark abbey style. Uh, it does have some twists on it, um, so we use a good amount of uh, of raw wildflower honey, which you can very much uh, catch in the aroma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, also use a little bit of sweet orange peel. And these are really background notes. And I think that what really what really distinguishes the local too is that it uh, it's a subtle beer with a lot of complexity. Um, one thing that is quite intentional about it is that it is not a beer that jumps out of the glass and does a little dance for you. It is not perfumey. Um, it has a lot going on, but it requires a little bit that you slow down and pay a little bit of attention to it. Yeah. I think that it does not, you know, taste like its strength of 9%. Uh, you wouldn't really see that, uh, coming necessarily. No. No, um, in a blind side. It is, it is super dry, you know, as uh, very, most yeah. of our beers of this uh, sort are, but it has a very nice fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. And it's inspired by the way uh, I remember some of the Trappist beers tasting, uh, uh, you know, in the 1980s, uh, and that not necessarily all of them really taste that way anymore. Um, you know, and certainly some of the more, uh, some of the more recent ones like, uh, Ockel, like Ockel Extra Brune still has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a really nice, well-developed, uh, uh, character. So, you know, we wanted to do something that was complex, um, but not, uh, you know, but not silly. And I'm sure you'll know what I mean when you talk about a beer where, You'll pour it, and you're like, you smell, you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then you're like, that's incredible. What, a, what an aroma. And then you get halfway down the glass, and you're kind of like, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd like to have a margarita now. <laughs> right. Uh, that's less sweet than this. I think that's really nice about Local 2 is that it has that complexity, and it's really big. But because of its dryness, because of its restraint, it's also really, really drinkable. Garrett, can we do a new show here on the Brewing Network where you describe every beer in the world? (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. It was a perfect description. I love how you started with what it's not, because those are the things that you could really pick up on in this beer. It's what I really like about it, is what it's not when it comes to a Belgian beer. And uh, I could not, I have nothing to add to that wonderful description, <laughs> Garrett. Well, you should yeah, write a I book, Garrett. I think that's important, yeah, because when you, when you go into something, it's not like, um, 
I think one thing that's uh, that's good about having been around for a while is it does teach you a certain level of humility. I mean, you you kind of realize, okay, there's a lot of really really nice beer out there. Yeah. You know, what are the things I would like to do? What are the things that I want to avoid doing? You know, what I want to avoid doing is doing those beers that are so florid uh, that you get halfway down the glass and they've already tired you out. Mm. You know, and you're kind of like, okay, this has started to turn really weird on me, and I'm not interested anymore. Uh, you know, you want a beer that keeps grabbing you and grabbing you and grabbing you, not only through the glass, but, you know, possibly even through an evening. It should have that ability yeah. uh, in any case. And and so, yeah, when, we, when I put a beer together, I have an idea in my head of not just what do I want it to taste like, but, you know, what do I want it to do? What do I want it to be able to do? Yeah. Um, and, you know, even when we make a 9% beer, we want you to be able to stick with it if you'd like to. Yeah. Um, I, and, and we think that uh, this is a beer with great complexity where you can stick with it. So, our, our, because it is so dry. Yeah. You know, and and uh, if this is the way that, that Belgian beers uh, were in the 80s, um, I want to go back to the 80s. <laughs> well, because really, it's, it's not dry without. Uh, without sweet flavor, without right. without sweet complexity, it's not right. dry, but missing the things that you get out of malt. It, it finishes very dry. There's still a lot of maltiness to it. Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah, uh, it seems like. And a, I think that you know, and because there's a lot of malt there, but I think that. Uh, uh, and there's one thing I've really learned from uh, from wine is that there is a difference between uh, between sweetness as uh, something that you perceive hmm. and actual residual sugar. Yeah. Um, so, for example, you know, there's a uh, there's a grape called Gewürztraminer, mm. um, which is very very fruity tasting, and whenever you taste it, uh, it always tastes sweet, even when it's made in Alsace and it's made totally dry. There's no residual sugar. It always tastes sweet because it's just so damn fruity. I see. And so uh, esters that are developed in fermentation taste sweet. Alcohol tastes sweet uh, on the palate, and so with various honey, the aroma of honey sets off a thing in your mind that says sweetness. So you can have a perception of sweetness without actual sugar, you know, and that's really what we're doing there. Nathan, did you have a comment well, it's about just this got beer? This, it's this great evolving comp- complexity, like Garrett is describing to us all these wonderful things, and, and yet it seems like a very simple malt bill. Yeah, and it seems like a very simple ingredients. Those get out of the way, and we get. You know, nice ethanol and, and mouthfeel like that. Uh, does this beer have a very complicated malt bill, Garrett, or is it fairly? It, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not a very complicated malt bill. I mean, it's uh, it's mostly Pilsner malt. Um, we have uh, we have honey. We use a very large amount of Belgian uh, dark candy sugar syrup, mm-hmm. um, and through that yeast strain, that expresses itself on the palate uh, and in the aroma as a raisin-like character. So somewhere between raisins, but also the kind of burnt surface of a creme brulee, or if you're old enough to remember the smell, it smells like Cracker Jacks. Oh yeah, so it has that. It's that high temperature burnt sugar. Uh, kind of character, so dark fruit, and then uh, the esters coming from uh, from a relatively high temperature fermentation, you know, with a with a Belgian yeast strain, but still lower a lower temperature than we use for some of our other beers. Um, uh, a refermentation in the bottle with a champagne yeast, which is uh, uh, brings on its own restraint, 
And one thing that's relatively, I won't say unique among American brewers, but uh, uh, certainly not that usual, is that it is 100% bottle condition. And what I mean by that is that it goes into the bottle flat. Okay. Hmm. Um, you know, most beers that say they're bottle conditioned, whether from the United States or Belgium, go into the bottle with fairly full carbonation and then have a minor re-fermentation in the bottle that boosts that carbonation up. Um, I think that full bottle re-fermentation actually gives you something else. It gives you something extra. Are you having to prime the bottles again, or is there enough sugar in there for the champagne to do it? Oh, no, we're, we, we are priming. Uh, we finish, uh, you know, our original fermentation finishes all the way out, and then we are uh, adding priming sugar. Okay. And for yeah, our... In fact, the, beer, the original beer is filtered first to remove the original yeast, oh. and then we add the secondary yeast, which is, a, which is always a different yeast for the re-fermentation, so that we always have the same amount of yeast, essentially, in the bottle, and we know what kind of condition it's going to be in. So if you did, is that the point of the filtration? If you didn't try to filter out the first one, you'd, you'd have more inconsistency? Yes, exactly. I see. Um, you know, you, there's no way that you can, uh, if you don't uh, either filter or centrifuge or something, you can't send into the bottle on a regular basis the same level of yeast. So you would get local to this time, and it would have this much yeast in it, and you go to it next time, and it would have twice as much yeast in it. Mm. And some people would say, well, why does that matter? Well, it matters a lot for the shelf life, and it matters a lot for the way the beer is going to age, you know, et cetera. So, I mean, one part of our philosophy uh, is that, you know, we may be doing something that is really old school and really artisanal, but that craft does not mean inconsistency. Right. You know, inconsistency means that you can't brew. <laughs> right. It means that you're. It means that you're. I, mean, I, I, I hate to put it yeah. that way, but you know, like if uh, yeah. you know, if the same thing as being a chef, you know, if uh, if if the chef is intending to put out the same dish every night and it tastes different every night, the guy can't cook. Right. You see, you know, tasty. I told you you'd like Garrett. Oh, I know. Predictability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to re- re- if you can't reproduce it, you're not an artisan. You're just right. Yeah, you can be a cook, but you're not a chef. Right. 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 And there's a very big difference between being a cook and being a chef. Yes. Now, for our homebrew listeners, if I can return to fermentation temperature for a minute, um, because I think that's a very important part in this beer in particular, because you've held down the esters, uh, you know, and and made it, I I can taste Belgian yeast, I can taste that it was done that way, but it's not over the top and perfumey and all that. So could you give us a temperature range that, or or any other techniques that, that help you keep it that way? Well, there's a few things. Uh, uh, there's keeping the temperature down, in this case, to the low 70s. Okay. Um, you know, whereas some of our other beers, I mean, when we have in the past made, uh, we used to make a beer called Saison de Brooklyn, and we won three gold medals, I think, at uh, Great American Beer Festival. Oh, yeah. And won at World Beer Cup. You know, it was one of our most uh, award-winning beers. So we fermented it at like 86, 87 degrees. Wow. Um, some of our other Belgian style beers are fermented, you know, in the mid to upper seventies. This is low seventies, so you're getting lower esters from that. Okay. Uh, you also have to make sure, of course, that your pitching rate um, is consistent because low pitching rates will give you high esters. I see. So you have to be, you know, pitching at a rate which is uh, appropriate for the gravity uh, that you have going on. So not um, over pitching, and, and knowing how much yeast is going into your beer in the first place, again, you know, to give you that level of consistency. Okay, so you don't mean that you 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 over pitch yeast to keep it down. You just make sure that it's not going to stress. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, over, the idea of overpitching really, of course, depends on what you want. Um, you know, we don't want to pitch so much heat that we're basically just sort of. Uh, uh, you know, throwing it in there for no particularly good reason. Mm-hmm. We want a level of pitching which is going to give us the flavor profile that we want. Um, not obviously take up too much of the uh, the ferment in yeast reproduction, you know, et cetera. Okay. And give us the uh, the ester profile that uh, you know that we're looking for. So it's certainly among the things that we pay you know that we pay close attention to. All right. And then you, you you mentioned raw honey in this beer, which I think is a great choice. But that can be difficult to work with. Uh, how, where do you add that in the process of this beer? Uh, we add it late in the boil. Okay. Um, so the last uh, fifteen minutes or so, we have found that uh, the some of the aromatics in, in, in honey actually are volatiles and and will boil off uh, uh, over time. You know, we made a braggot about a year and a half ago, um, which was about thirty percent. Uh, wildflower honey, and we learned a lot, you know, about honey during you know during that period. Okay. Uh, and we want the honey to be just basically a background note, something you can pick up if you're looking for it. Uh, you know what they would refer to in wine as a complexing agent. You know, something that gives you a little bit of something extra in the background, um, but is not in any way overwhelming. I see. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good choice. And I yeah. think again, when, when Garrett describes it that way, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have described it to you, JP. I would have sounded like an idiot trying to you know. Right. You would have sounded normal <laughs> talking about bee puke. But right. uh, it, when he, when Garrett describes it to me that way, it's exactly what it is. It comes up from behind a little bit. It adds a little complexity, yeah. and and I end up saying, "What a great choice for this beer because it fits it." Well, I mean, it 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 shows you how you know how your language and the choice of wording and how you phrase your sentences either either dumps down your audience. Mm-hmm. Or or elevates them <laughs> right. a little bit, and which is why we need Garrett on the <laughs> Brewing this is Network. Why we need Garrett because this <laughs> is how you learn, and this is it's the best way to learn. If someone tells you exactly what you know, this is how it is, and with language yeah. that you can understand, it's very vivid language, it's very visual, right? Um, yeah, it's, well, it's you know, it, it, I'm, I'm glad that you say that because you know it's funny people, you know, and and, and you were asking earlier, how do you make a transition uh, from being, say, a filmmaker to being a brewer? Hmm. And in my own mind, they are almost exactly the same kind of mindset. Mm. You know, basically, uh, you have half art and half science. You know, so, you know, if you, if you go and you see a movie and the car chases are perfect and the actor's teeth are perfect and the color is perfect and the explosions are perfect and everything looks perfect and the sound is perfect, and you walk out of there, and that's two hours of your life you'll never get back. You know, there's, there's no character development. You didn't care about anybody. You know, you saw the trailer. You thought it was going to be good. And you walked out, to, you know, saying to yourself, well, you know, why did I go see that? Garrett. Well, that's a, you know, that's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, he's describing drive. You know, and, and, oh. and, and, and it's also what American mass market beer tastes yeah. like. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, you've seen Hunger it's, Games, It's too? all science. And, and no soul. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, if you've ever gone to a film festival and see student films, what you'll often see is tremendous heart, great writing, people acting, you know, uh, 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 their hearts out, et cetera, et cetera. But then you're wondering, like, where is that light coming from? And a kind of bad sound that sounds like it was done in somebody's bathroom, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Not necessarily enough technical ability to put your vision onto the screen. And so what it actually takes 
is to have something to say, but also the technical ability to say it. And people often mistake these two things, because I heard somebody one time talking about, or I was on a website and somebody was talking about saying that the, the big brewers, you know, uh, don't know how to brew. You know, and of course that's ridiculous. Right. You know, they, of course they know how to brew. You know, in fact, they're better at hitting their targets than anybody else in the world. You know, that's like saying, you know, Kenny G doesn't know how to play the saxophone. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, Kenny G does know how to play the saxophone, but that's the problem. Right. Because when Kenny G plays the saxophone, blood runs out of your ear. You know, because Kenny G has no soul. Yeah. You know, and so. He puts it all through the saxophone. He can't have it anymore. He gives it to everybody. It's not a matter of technical ability. Yeah. It's a matter of whether or not you have something in your heart to say. Right. Uh, you make an excellent yeah. point about beer, and I think I'm, I'm glad that you're a spokesman for beer in this way for us, Garrett, with your writing and, and speaking, because, um, well, you're very well spoken, and I think you're right. Coming uh, from the background that you do and using imagery, as JP was mentioning, to describe the beer is very helpful, not only to beer geeks like us, but to, to new beer lovers, you know? So. Well, yeah, it, it is about communication, and I think that you see the same thing uh, you know, in the world of food. Um, you know, chefs who are able to actually interact with the people, you know, who are eating their food um, and, and tell them, like, where they're coming from, you know, do have something of an advantage. People are actually interested in where their food comes from. Uh, they're interested in, you know, in, in, in why something turns out uh, this way. And if you're able to actually tell them, um, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, not only uh, uh, something that they're going to enjoy, but it's certainly something that, you know, I've enjoyed, you know, for a great many years. So I've, you know, I've probably done about, you know, almost a thousand beer tastings over the years, you know, in 14 or 15 countries, and every one of them's different. Right. Yeah. Now, it's, speaking of communication, I just want to make sure that we talk about it, if, if only briefly. Uh, you recently put out the Oxford Companion to Beer. And the last time I saw you, Garrett, last year at the Great American Beer Festival, we uh, helped you uh, moderate a panel uh, for uh, beer scholarship. And, and you're an advocate that there should be more uh, research and, and, and scholarship and more work done in, in academia for, for beer. Um, and I think the Oxford Companion to Beer is a, is a piece of that, is, is one of your contributions to that. Can you tell us about the book and, and the background a little bit? Well, I think the Oxford Companion to Beer is, you know, a great, you know, starting point. You know, it is, it, it certainly, we're so far behind where wine is when it comes to that sort of uh, semi-academic or partly academic uh, uh, pursuit where you have, say, the fermentation department of UC Davis, you know, and all the big cooking schools kind of teaching everybody, you know, uh, about the background of wine, the history of wine, et cetera. None of this stuff is taught, you know, in cooking schools anywhere at all. Right. You know, and so we, you know, we, we start off there, you know, at a disadvantage. And the reason why I ended up doing the Oxford Companion to Beer was because um, they asked me, and I said no. And then I kind of came to realize that, you know, our time, and I mean my time and my colleagues' time, you know, say from the 1980s till now, uh, in the history of beer was essentially missing. I mean, despite 
the great works of people like Michael Jackson. Um, there was a lot of stuff that we might do on a day-to-day basis, which is essentially not even written down anywhere. And so if you go into any of the technical books um, that are available to the craft brewer, um, you know, whether it be uh, older books like Briggs & Huff that you know, cost $500 a set uh, or whatever else, you'll go in there and you want to read about dry hopping, and there are three sentences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, sometimes people throw a handful of hops into the cask. It's like, well, wait a minute, where's the rest of it? <laughs> right. It's like, well, there, there is no rest of it. You know, it's like, go, you go look around. I know that uh, uh, Mitch Steele's IPA book is about to come out. Yeah. And I, I, I imagine that that's going to make a major contribution in that direction. But, I mean, until the Oscar Companion to Beer, if you wanted to read about how dry hopping is done in a professional brewery, there was nothing. Absolutely nothing, zero. Yeah. You know, you would like to know what difference does it make if I dry hop at 60 degrees or at 40 degrees. You would like to know what the difference is in the flavor profile between late hopping and dry hopping. Right. You know, you would like to know something about rates. You would like to know what the techniques are for getting the hops in there and getting them back out again. Absolutely nothing. You're right. Despite the fact that we have 2,000 breweries in the United States, and probably of those 2,000 breweries, say 1,700 of them are, are practicing dry hopping. So how could there be nothing written down? <laughs> right. The research that, is being but, done. But that's the reality yeah. of, you know, whether it's bottle conditioning, it's, uh, you know, it's barrel aging until recently, it's, it's so many things. Um, you know, our, our time in beer... And the things that we do actually inside the walls of breweries, uh, as opposed to, you know, the beers themselves that come out of the breweries, what we do inside the walls of breweries is stuff that is not written down. Right. Um, And besides that, you know, there also just wasn't a single place where anybody could go. You know, you have all these uh, people who are looking for beer knowledge, and Michael's books are wonderful and still very relevant, but, you know, they are from the 90s. Um, and aren't really highly technical, and there really wasn't a book to have everything, you know, in to some extent in one place. Yeah, and uh, and wines had that for a long time, so it was uh, it was time. Yep, it, it would be a shame if all this information was lost uh, because it's not being delivered, no. and it's certainly not being standardized by people writing it down. It sounds like. You know, we get a lot of uh, emails from listeners wanting to get into the beer world, and a lot of them are in college. A lot of them are in university, going down a completely different career path. Some of them research paths, uh, paths, lab assistants, things like that. Sounds like a great internship opportunity for some of these people who who are in those fields anyway in, in university that could be at a brewery helping to document some of this testing that's going on. I wonder. Well, we've got uh, we, 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 we've got some of those guys. We've got uh, postdoctoral students and uh, and people like that that you know that work with us on you know on on, on you know wild yeast capture and you know all sorts of things. Great. But uh, there's one thing I will say is that, and I hope this doesn't go away, uh, is that you know American craft brewing is such a powerful force in the world um, wherever you go, you know, in its creativity and its breadth. I think partially because the average craft brewer in the United States had another life before they became a craft brewer. Um, you know, they were, you know, I was a doctor, I was a lawyer, I was a filmmaker, you know, I, you know, I, I drove a bus, you know, whatever it was you did, yeah. 
you know, you had another life first, and then this life took over. Right. And, 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 and sent you in a different direction. And I think that's really different than coming out of school when you're, you know, 18, 19, and you look and you're in Germany and you say, well, what looks like a decent career? And brewing, you're saying, well, I'll get an engineering degree and a, uh, a concentration in brewing, and you come out with the plum broymaster, but not necessarily any particular passion about beer. It's just, you know, this was you did another thing you could do. Right. right, yeah. And that's what differentiates us, and I'm hopeful that beer in the United States still continues to be something where people come to it by and large a little bit later. Maybe they fell in love with it when they were in college, but they go into something else and they have other intentions and then beer kind of takes them over and pushes them in, in the direction that they really ought to go in. Sure. As our yeah, beer culture, richer people, right? Our American beer culture is much more passion involved. In it. Yeah, they really want to do it. They're not some, not right. like somebody's forcing them into it as for a career. Low, low wages, you know. uh, and yeah, you gotta you gotta want it. <laughs> right. Keep the wages low. That's what'll keep us hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you you find that uh, that definitely has an effect. People are uh, you know people are shocked. You know, but it's uh, it's it's like a lot of things. I mean. Um, you know, I uh, I think my my income went down by about seventy five percent. You know, when uh, when I went into brewing, yeah, and certainly, you know, I think it's something that people don't always appreciate that. Uh, you know, when you see somebody out there and they've uh, you know they've made a beer that's really interesting, creative, and whatever else, people often don't see the fact that you know this is this is somebody's house payments and their kids' college fund and everything else. I mean, they may, they may have put everything on the line, you know, to bring you this thing um, and to not take, you know, a, a, a safer path uh, all the time. Right. And so when I see something that's really beautiful and creative, you know, I kind of see it with those eyes that, you know, uh, those eyes that say, hey, somebody really took a big chance here. I mean, it's a, it's a thing of risk. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, back to the the subject of, of of education for a second. I wonder if at some point there's going to be too much information, too much detailed information on a otherwise very creative seat of the pants thing as 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 brewing. You know, I mean, every brewmaster puts their mark on a recipe. Yeah. They add what they want to do, but if there's not a lot of information about a subject, isn't that the artisanal? Um, component, I guess, of beer is that these people are creating this out of out of nothing. They don't have a lot to go on, and I wonder at some point is everyone just going to use the same exact method of dry hopping to yield the same flavors as their favorite beer? And would that maybe possibly water down uh, the level of creativity? I, it was just a what do you r- think? Random Garrett? thought. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I actually don't think so because you know I think that we're still in very early days, you know, for, you know, for a lot of this stuff. I mean, if someone's mm-hmm. telling you, mm-hmm. okay, this is, I think, the best way to saute onions, um, you know, you can obviously go check out a, a number of different ways to do it, but, you know, there is a way that's going to produce a particular result in a particular, you know, period of time. Um, and so, you know, there are some basic techniques uh, uh, to cooking, and there may be, say, in dry hopping, for example, you know, well, there are going to be a certain number of variables. I mean, you have the same variables of uh, of time, 
surface area, basically, and temperature. And these are going to be, you know, the main things that are going to determine, uh, you know, what sort of uh, interplay you're going to have between your hops and a liquid. Right. So there are always going to be, I think, any number of ways of, of, of making that happen. Um, but I think that uh, getting these things at least written down so that someone can say, okay, I've just read about six different ways of dry hopping. Mm-hmm. Then you look at your own system and what it is that you want, which may be different than what somebody else wants. Um, and you're going to end up with uh, your own way of doing things. Mm. I mean, even, even what hops smell and taste like, are really regional in taste. I mean, I can tell you right now, and anybody who grows hops will tell you this, West Coast brewers have a tendency to like hops that contain a character which is often referred to as an allium character, you know, which is onion, garlic, and weed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically, you know, West Coast brewers tend to like that character. East Coast brewers tend to hate it. <laughs> right, right. Then elect the thing now. So, so, so when you know when you are a hop grower, uh, and you say, okay, leaving your hops longer on the vine uh, produces more weed-like characters. Yes. Um, and leaving uh, and drying your hops at a higher temperature creates that. And if it is the West Coast brewers who are talking to that hop producer more than the East Coast brewers, they will tend to process their hops in that fashion. Mm-hmm. This is what people are asking for. The East Coast brewer then goes and says, these hops are nasty. <laughs> right. And, and, the, and, 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 and the guy says, well, the guys out here love them. <laughs> so you find that you know, there are you know, not only individual differences in taste, but regional differences in taste that are automatically going to give you differences in beer, the hop grower can't even decide how is he or she going to process these hops because not everybody even wants the same thing out of them. Sure. Becomes very difficult, absolutely. You know, so, you know, more and more you're going to see people uh, picking and drying and stuff like that to the taste of particular customers. You know, because this is what they're looking for, the same way as a restaurant might go to, you know, to a farm and say, I like my potatoes, you know, pick a little bit earlier, or I like them pick later, or I like, you know, my, you know, my lettuce this way, et cetera, and getting what it is they're looking for. So I think that, you know, people's difference in taste is always going to provide differences in in what we all do. Mm, excellent point. I yeah. like the fact that Garrett's bringing this up, though, because not just hops, but other raw ingredients in brewing. I think craft brewing is reaching a point now where the producers can go back to the growers and they have enough of a voice to say, I want you to process something maybe a little bit different than you used to mm-hmm. because we're looking for different characteristics. I think in, in the mid-70s or early 80s when craft brewing was just starting, there wasn't even enough of an awareness that there was different methods to do that or or not enough of a voice to be able to go to the producers and get that sort of thing so you got what you got exactly yeah. have you seen that sort of thing evolve over time garrett yeah it is, it is evolving you know but uh, i mean as as we get larger say at brooklyn brewery you know we're able then to talk directly to growers and say you know this is what we would like to see in this particular hot variety and somebody else will be wanting something else out of the hop variety, and to the extent of their ability, they can try to to cater to what we're we're looking for. And that's 
that's an evolution you know on the uh, on the part of the grower but it's also an evolution on our part where we're getting closer and closer to our ingredients right I have a question follow-up question for Garrett Garrett about a particular hop you use in one of your beers uh, Sriracha ace is probably one of the beers where you're using a driven by a single hop varietal in particular uh, uh, the only one the only <laughs> one got it so is there a particular farm you like to use for that hop, or just some some thoughts on this beer in general? It's a it's a huge favorite of mine. Whenever I can can find it, it's not on the west coast, unfortunately. Well, it's, uh, but. It's, it's Virgil Gamash Farms. Um, okay. So we have a uh, a close relationship with uh, the Amarillo grower, know, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, with uh, with 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 those guys. That's a lucky and, guess. And um, yeah, I mean that was basically the only time I ever smelled a hop, and it spoke to me so directly that I could have written that recipe like on the back of a napkin in 30 seconds. Wow. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with it instantly. And that, that doesn't happen every day. Um, and so, you know, that was a great kind of, uh, you know, muse, if you like, to be able to follow and to say, we're, you know, we're, we're taking that all away. Got it. Hey, by the way, uh, one of our listeners in the chat room uh, has a bottle of your Sriracha Ace, just got it today, and was a big fan of it. Um, it's really good. Says that um, he's not really uh, too experienced in farmhouse ales or the Sriracha Ace hop, and said that he didn't notice a distinct hop character, um, but also saying that he thought maybe farmhouse ales aren't supposed to be hop forward anyway. Uh, well, I think that it, you know, I think it is a pretty hop forward beer, but the Sriracha Ace hop is so weird okay. um, that you know you some people may not recognize the overall hop character, which I think uh, is reminiscent, particularly of lemongrass, lemon verbena, and dill. Mm, yeah, you know, it, you know, it, it's it's really this herbal, uh, you know, herbal and lemon peel kind of character, which. Uh, you know, it doesn't really smell very much like any other hop. The structure of the beer is certainly kind of straight up saison, so it's you know it's super dry. It's pretty hoppy. You know, if you are familiar with say saison Dupont, you know you would recognize the overall you know structure, if you like, of that beer from its dryness to its hoppiness. You know, it's uh, it's it's lightness on the palate uh, and high carbonation, etc. But it doesn't taste like that, you know, that beer. Um, again, it's another beer where we're keeping the, the yeast character in check a little bit so that the hot character can step further forward um, and not have the beer really be taken over by, you know, by fermentation characteristics. Garrett, is that, uh, is Sriracha Ace fermented with the same yeast that we were tasting in, in Local 2 or is it a different strain? It, 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 is, it is the same yeast. Same one, okay. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, you got. I, yeah, I came back from a tour from the Pacific Northwest last summer, just raving about Sriracha Ace. A few brewers had made pale ales with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was also a big fan. It uh, really interesting hop. I never dug it. it. I could never get really? on board. It yeah, could be lemony. Lemony. I could never. I could never do it. My brother's a photographer, and he got so obsessed with this beer living out in Boston that mm. he uh, he would he would get like a bottle of it and then have a, a photography session with it as his subject. <laughs> Uh, on many different lights on the bottle. Give me I love, forward, give me love. I forwarded it to your guys' email right now, like oh. uh, a whole series of pictures of the Sriracha Ace that my brother took. Nice. Well, yeah. there you go, well, yeah, I, I can't take, uh, I mean, Milton Glazer is our designer, so I can't take any uh, you know, <laughs> any credit for uh, the beauty of the bottle, though you know, it is certainly one of my favorite of his uh, label designs. Nice. Um, you know, and so I think it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, one of the nice things about about that beer is, you know, obviously, you know, as brewers generally do, you know, we want to, 
we want to make beers that taste like our beers and are unique, you know, to themselves. You know, I think that uh, we've always been, you know, pioneers in various areas, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to brewing. And I like the fact that if you, you know, go taste Brooklyn Sriracha Ace, I can, I can say uh, right now, at least so far in my experience, I have never had a beer that really tastes like it at all. Wait, wait, Milton Glazer, you mean like the Milton the Milton Glazer, yeah. He wow. uh, he designed, you know, he designed the original Brooklyn Brewery logo, and he designs mm-hmm. all of our stuff. Wow, the same guy who did the uh, I Heart in Y. Oh yeah, yep. I love New yeah. York. Yep, beautiful. Uh, same guy. Wow, awesome. One of the <laughs> best. Awesome. One of the best plays on that famous logo I've ever seen was in Amsterdam, and it was a shirt that said. Go heart your own damn city. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Also it designed by Mr. Glazer. <laughs> right. well, uh, for- fortunately, uh, you know, despite obviously having his uh, stuff infringed on by everyone on Earth, uh, right. Milton seems to have a very good sense of humor about that. Good. I think you have to, or else it's going to drive you nuts. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Well, I know it's getting late for you there, Garrett. I just have a couple questions from our listeners in the chat room. If I can pass those on quickly. All right. Um, some of them are back from our previous conversation here. Um, one of them um, in the chat room asks, uh, we were talking about the uh, cleaning lines, and he wonders, is there a standard frequency for cleaning your lines, beer lines? There is not a standard frequency, but we like to see at least every two weeks. Okay. You know, yeah. at, at, at a minimum. Um, and, you know, especially if you're running beers that have yeast in them, uh, et cetera, you know, once a week is even better. Uh, but I certainly, you know, I mean, uh, less frequently than every two weeks, I think you're starting to ask for trouble. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, does Brooklyn ship to Iowa? He says the Midwest, but specifically Iowa. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're, we, we are, we're a strange brewery in that we are in, you know, 20, 25, 26 states in the United States, largely in the east, but, you know, we're as far out as Minnesota and Indiana, uh, west Texas, et cetera. Um, but we have not gone, you know, uh, fully west, but we're in 17 countries. Wow, and uh, you know, so the you know, strangely, the largest uh, single market for Brooklyn Brewery outside of New York City itself is Sweden. Wow, that's interesting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah, cool. So you know, we uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, you know, we have a lot of projects overseas. We have another uh, line of beers called Ama that is a uh, um, you know a uh, a joint venture between us and the Amarcord Brewery in Italy. Um, you know, so many, you know, new things coming down, down, down the, down the pike. But as we get out there, you know, with some of the things that we're doing, taking, um, some of our, uh, various experience based things on the road, whether it's the food experiments where we basically sponsor a series of cooking contests, um, or we have a thing right now called Brooklyn, Sweden, where we have a, uh, uh, basically, a Brooklyn-based music festival going on in Stockholm uh, huh. at the end of the month, which is going to be crazy. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we're getting a chance to do, and we look at other parts of the country, and we've always moved fairly conservatively. Um, you know, kind of a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. 
Um, about a year, year and a half ago, we went to Minnesota, you know, which has been uh, tremendous for us. So we are not in Iowa yet, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, stay tuned. Okay. I got a caller on the line with some questions. You want to take a call, Garrett? Uh, okay. All right. We got Scary Dude from the chat room down the line. <laughs> Always with the Scary chat. Dude, you're on with Garrett Oliver. <laughs> yeah, what's happening, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? What do you got for Garrett? Um, actually, well, I first of all, I wanted to compliment him on the uh, on the tasting room because it is fantastic. It's a it's a super cost effective place to get a beer in New York City. Cost effective. It's like <laughs> a pun. You got to think about that in New York City. I use the phone. I'm not it is. That it's way. like it's like what four or five uh, tokens for uh, you know like twenty bucks. Wow. Yeah, we we, we you know we keep things as reasonable as possible. Love it. It's. Uh, listen, you know when, when when you're paying, you know, like six fifty for a Bud Light, you know, four <laughs> right. or five dollars for for a Brooklyn is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I, I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit zoo like there on Friday nights, but uh, everybody has a good time. Good. Yeah. No. I actually I was there for the um the pre judging of the uh, the Brooklyn uh, Homebrew Alley on Friday. That place was jam-packed. Like, I'm trying to get my buddies to go there, but I was like, well, we got to get there early because that place really fills out. Good. Oh, it does. Yeah, there's a line down the block every you know, every time, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Got any questions, uh, uh, Scary? <laughs> uh, well, uh, kind of. Um, the... Uh, you, you had you had the um the clone recipe for a broken local too, which uh, you guys all got to enjoy. And uh, was it Zymergy or BYO? I think it was in BYO. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was <laughs> so delicious. <laughs> it is. Del- did you brew it? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I have I have a couple. I have like two bottles left of the batch that I brewed. Plus a local number two. Uh, they're being improperly stored. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm wearing it on my head. In your belly. <laughs> right. You know, that short-term storage. No, no, so, no. Uh, no. Uh, and how do you feel like it turned out? <laughs> and my upstairs. Up, no, I mean, the, the beer is great, but I haven't, I haven't compared them side by side. Um, they've been, you know, improperly stored in my 90-degree apartment, unfortunately. Mm. Feel free to lie uh, well, about that, Scary. Yeah, like when you I've, got Garrett right here, I've just like, sent. Oh, uh, I just sent I mean, Garrett I mean, your address. I mean, they, they, they've been at they've been at cellar temperatures for the last three months, sir. <laughs> right. Well, you know, so what we call it the, the traditional storage, like they would have had before air conditioning. So, right. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to look at it that way. Yeah, <laughs> he's just retro. He's a hipster. <laughs> Garrett's a positive guy. <laughs> he is positive guy. I like it. His beer's but got bottle condition. He's got confidence that it may recover. Ah, that's true. It's yeah. a good point. No, I mean yeah. they're, they're going to be. Good. They haven't exported yet. So you know, it's, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> and, I, and I feel very confident that uh, that they they won't. We haven't we haven't had any of those yet. You, right. you got to love the simple things in life. Yeah. Well, if my brain exactly. doesn't explode, but it's but good. you don't brew the same kind of beer I do. I get I get explosions all the time. <laughs> well, you're a home brewer. All right, Scary. Anything right. else? We got to let Garrett go here, buddy. No, all right, all right, all right. Hey, hey, get to bed, man. It's like eleven o'clock. Go to sleep. Forget these guys. Cheers. All right. Thanks, man. 
Oh, my favorite part was there you go, scary dude. Do you have anything for Garrett Oliver? And <laughs> yeah. I instantly wanted him to say, "Yeah, a painting I made with fecal matter, like uh, that's just something scary." scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. with blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thank you so much, but Garrett will not be accepting those. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, Garrett became his own publicist. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think you need to with yeah. layer of protection here. But if you would like to make a donation to a favorite charity of his, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, a couple more quick ones here from the chat room. Uh, are all the tap Brooklyn beers brewed in Brooklyn? Somebody asks. Are all the tap as in draft? I think he means on draft, yeah. Uh, no, they are, you know, we, we brew uh, uh, in upstate New York at Utica, and we brew, uh, uh, you know, uh, in Brooklyn. Okay. And we also brew uh, draft beer. For example, we brew draft IPA for the Italian market in Italy. Oh, nice. Uh, 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 at, at Amarcord. So if you get Brooklyn Lager, for example, Brooklyn Lager, uh, we're being all the Brooklyn Lager upstate, and that's the best place for us to do it. However, if you get the bottles, the bottles are upstate, but then the draft is, is down in Brooklyn. So, you know, in Brooklyn, we're making a pretty long list of things. I mean, uh, 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 pennant, brown ale, IPA, blast, vice beer, all the brewmasters reserved beers, the latest of which is Fiat Lux. Um, I had a question cool from little, that. Yeah, cool little video about uh, Fiat Lux on our uh, website, so you can go check it out. Okay. That's the latest of the Brewmasters Reserve beers. Um, you know, all the cask stuff, um, you know, uh, uh, Black Ops, Sriracha's, Local 1, Local 2, um, you know, all of that is uh, is happening in Brooklyn. And the brewery in Brooklyn is about six times the size that it was 18 months ago. Oh, yeah, you guys just went through a huge expansion, right? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been huge. So we took over another 18,000 square feet, and uh, we have another eight 200-barrel tanks coming in shortly. Um, and so that... Uh, that facility will at that point be pushing up close to 100,000 barrels in Brooklyn. Wonderful. When wow. I was in there in, in uh, March 2011, Thomas uh, with Brewer was showing me around at the place where they were going to start be doing, beginning to do some of that expansion. It was just huge empty space. It, wow. It was pretty cool. Yeah, wow. not empty anymore. <laughs> That's awesome, right? <laughs> I, I'm reading in my notes that part of that expansion is a big barrel program. Uh, that is a big part of it, you know, and, uh, you know, we, uh, so far we've had, uh, Black Ops and a few other, you know, small beers, uh, you know, as, uh, our barrel program, but it's something that we're, uh, you know, we're getting in, into a lot more deeply. We're gonna start, uh, you know, laying down some stuff that'll, uh, that'll come out, uh, that'll come out next year. Uh, in the meantime, we have a pretty broad, uh, variety of beers under a program we call the Ghost Bottle Series. Which is, uh, stuff that we make probably 15, 16 different beers that we bring to events and things so that we don't sell. Okay. Um, so, you know, rather than make people wait online or trade on eBay or whatever else, we'd <laughs> right. rather pour it for you for free, but you have to show up and have a conversation in order to have any. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, JP's out. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well, some people think that it is terrible, but <laughs> That's wonderful. We, we can do like it better that way. Okay. Uh, someone just wrote in as you were uh, speaking about the Black Ops. Just quickly, um, what kind of barrel do you age that in? Woodford Reserve. Okay, Woodford Reserve. Nice. Yeah, that's a bourbon. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and official so, bourbon of the Kentucky Derby. And someone else wrote in, what size is the brew house there in Brooklyn? How many barrels? Are uh, it is a fifty-barrel brew house. Uh, right now, we are running at an average of four times a day. 
Okay. Um, by the end of the year, it'll be running an average of six to eight times a day. Wow. Mm. Wow. Well, congratulations on the expansion, Garrett. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You know, things are going like a rocket. Can't complain. Yeah. And just one last note from the chat. I guess it was more than one person just sending in their condolences uh, for the brewery cat, Monster. Yeah, Monster was a uh, a brilliant cat, and he had a, a, a very excellent run, and we certainly uh, we certainly miss him. And I know that uh, his many, many fans uh, uh, miss him as well. Yeah. And, you know, I always just tell everybody, well, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm sad for us. I'm not sad for Monster. You know, Monster had about as good a life as a cat gets to have. Uh, <laughs> right. So uh, uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for Monster. Monster won. Um, <laughs> he did but, win. Uh, you know, uh, eventually, in the fullness of time, we'll we'll, we'll try to find another guy that can uh, fill those uh, those big paws. Good. It sounds silly for people who've never been there, but the cat was really like the head of PR right at the door when you walk through the, oh, it was yeah, like Mon- super Monster charismatic that, yeah. was, uh, that was his room <laughs> awesome that is cool I like that alright Garrett I'll let you go I know it's late there on the east coast I wanted to thank you very much for your time it's really been a lot of fun to talk to you um, you're very welcome and thanks very much for your interest and uh, uh, you know come do, vi- uh, do come out and visit us next time you're in town I will do that yeah. and I wanted to mention uh, extend the same invite to you if you come out to the Bay Area where our studios are we'd love to have you sit down with us right in the studio and if not just send your beer out here would you please <laughs> <laughs> right. sounds good thanks Garrett right, take well, care thanks a lot, guys. cheers All right, all yeah. right, cheers. Good night. With 24 states, but not California for the Brooklyn beer, man. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. You knew we, those mountains are in the way. We'd suck it all down if you sent it down. I, I've okay. seen it in California, though. I, Occasionally. I, I, thought, I, so I think it's like special. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Called but, like 10 places. Yeah, yeah not, not, I don't think it's a, it's a regular deal. Right. Through the fullness of time. <laughs> wow. I, you know? And he just drops it. I mean, that's everyday vernacular. I got to imagine. I mean, for a man like if, that. if I could get Garrett to, and I'd make it easy on him, Yeah, just sit down and just describe beer every beer in the world. Right. He could take his time. Yeah. I, I'm not going to have him do it in an afternoon. No, why would you? Uh, it would be one of the best resources on the planet yeah. for, for beer geeks. He has a great way of describing beer. I want him to do our Adam and Eve read. <laughs> I should have asked him to I don't do want our... to. I don't want him to go higher. I want him to kind of go lower, <laughs> right. but bring a certain like uh, three-piece suit class right. to you know to the lower Eve. things in life. You, yeah. can, you can tell he's been judging beer for 20 years. Though. If you spent 20 years sitting at that de- table oh, discussing man. beer with your colleagues, you better have something good to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He knows yeah. all the terms of beer, yeah. all, the, all the descriptors. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I bet Nicole, I bet Nicole would... would just find it such a breath of fresh air to sit in the room with, oh, with yeah. a guy like you. She'd be like, Nate's boring. Yeah. This and sucks. All of us, she's sick of us <laughs> and our stupid limited vocabulary. Well, you, you can't help but, but but walk away from an interview like that or from a conversation like that with a, with, with a without a polished, a little bit more polished vocabulary. <laughs> right. You you, that's true. And I think, that, I mean, obviously, the, it's, I think it's obvious that's what he wants to bring to beer. Yeah. Speaking the of vocabulary. The way he speaks about beer and this way he speaks about wine and how to elevate oh, yeah. it. It does. It doesn't always. It doesn't just end with with paying you know twenty bucks for a bomber or a, a seven fifty. It you know it it continues on with how you speak about it and, and and the words that you use and and the phrases that you put together to describe whatever's going on. And I think it adds an extra exclamation point to my uh, conversation about duty <laughs> for the whole too. for the whole first twenty minutes of the show. Absolutely. I think I helped Garrett. That set the stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even smarter. Yeah. Well, you're a big demo. Speaking yes. of terms, the Oxford yeah. Companion, if you read the entry for Simcoe, 
Uh-huh. There's uh, Matt Bertelson wrote that entry, and the whole book is great. I'm uh, glad that came up on the show. I think Garrett did a good job with it. But if you read the entry for Simcoe, Matt Bertelson uses the term "dank." Oh, yeah. That's the first time I've seen it written in a, like a scholarly way. So when right. people homebrewers or pro brewers, like nobody uses that term. No, you can't use that term. Actually, <laughs> now that it's in an Oxford companion yeah. to something, the next step is dankalicious. <laughs> dankalicious, <laughs> written by none other than Matt Brindleson, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Union Jack himself. So right. there you go. Right. Yeah, that, that legitimized it in my in my book. <laughs> I love it. Well, you can go to uh, Brooklyn Brewery anytime. Find their beer. I've, I've uh, actually, I've had quite a bit of, of Brooklyn beer really? in, in my career as a craft beer drinker, and I've never been disappointed. It, uh, their lagers are are very clean and nice. Their specialty beers, like we tasted here in in the Brooklyn Two, are are well done. They really, and and even as they expand, um, man, they still they get the small batches right. Where did it all come from? Uh, what do you mean? The beer you've had, you've had a lot of Brooklyn. Where, oh, where are you getting? Well, I'm from back east, so uh, oh. just spent a lot of time back there. The first time I had it, I, I, of course, I was living in California because I've, I've been here for so long. But I had gone back to New York, um, even when the beer scene wasn't all that great, and had Brooklyn beer. Went to the brewery, uh, drank it there. That was like in '06 or something, '07. Um, but, but I've just, it's just great. And I found it in other states that I've traveled to. And like I said, I found it here. Um, it's just good beer. So, uh, yeah. The brewery's well worth a visit. Like, yeah. like they were saying about it getting packed on a Friday, it, it's completely nuts. It's fun. In a fun way. Yep. Brooklyn's a good place to be, too. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Stu Stewart. Thanks to Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery for being on the program with us. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about Bamberg beer here in just a minute. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over 
over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. This is my first attempt at a eHarmony video. I'm nervous, but I'm excited at the same time. So I'm just going to start talking about what I like. I love cats. I love every kind of cat. I just want to hug all of them, but I can't get out every cat. Anyway, I am a cat lover and I love to run. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about cats. 
Thanks for sticking with us, and another thanks to Garrett Oliver for taking time to talk with us from Brooklyn Brewery. Good dude. You can check out the uh, Oxford Companion to Beer, uh, written by Garrett, and a great, great resource uh, for all things about uh, beer in that in that bad boy. It's enormous. It's it's like Ulysses. I think. People on Twitter are just going crazy for the amount of information Garrett gave us. Oh yeah, he uh, he rocked it. He just went right for it. It's like going to class once a week. He's, he said, um, <laughs> "Great talk, best description of local two I've ever heard." Yeah. Awesome interview with Garrett. He needs his own show. I know. I got to court him. Yeah. What about uh, where are all the dick joke tweets? <laughs> right. That was, no, those were all in the chat. <laughs> it's just in the chat. Yeah. I do. I need to court him for a show. I need to appeal to his broadcaster side and yeah. just, you know, I, you know, show mm. him the studio, let him know. Listen, Garrett, you were, you were meant for this. You know, bring and, him back uh, to the beginning. Well, I think a lot of people think we're in a garage still. <laughs> right? We're not. Oh, if he saw the studio, I think he'd uh, be willing to do. It. All right, maybe I just have to build him a studio inside Brooklyn Brewery, and just you know, it, it could all be under the blanket of the BN. It could happen. I'm, I'm only half joking, to be honest. I think the guy would. Uh, it would be great for beer yeah, if he it. was doing a normal show. Yeah, uh, be a, phenomenal. A regular podcast, um, and if it could be live like we do it, so that he could get caller interaction. Action, I think the guy would be a rock star. Imagine it was him and Jamil uh, yeah. redoing a style show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They would explode. <laughs> they would. It would elevate Jamil's game. I mean, let's be honest. All right. I got to get to Stu Stewart here in just a second. But let me mention for more information on beer, if you're not already, you should be a member of the American Homebrewers Association. Yeah. They put out Zymergy Magazine, which is worth the cost of admission in itself. It's a $38 a year uh, uh, membership. It's even cheaper, by the way, if you do multiple years or lifetime memberships. And, um, you know, I'm a member. I have been. I'm on the governing committee, of course, too. And, uh, you know, AHA has been the organization in homebrewing uh for a very long time, and we've worked closely with them since we started up. Uh, you can click the AHA link right on our homepage and become a member that way. And, you know, they, they're fighting for you uh, every day in that office, and there's not too many of them, five or six people that, that work at the AHA. And, uh, you know... <coughs> Keeping it legal, making it uh, homebrewing legal where it's not, um, keeping us aware of what's going on in the homebrew world, making sure you can bring your homebrew out of your house. Uh, they're fighting communism, for heaven's sake. That's what they're doing Those over righteous, there. Yes. Yeah. They're going uh, right into northern, uh, northern uh, uh, Korea. Yeah. 
Go to homebrewersassociation.org and check it out. Stu Stewart, uh, Stewart from Bamberg Beer Me is on the line. Hey, Stu, what's happening? Hey, greetings from beautiful Mackin Island, Michigan. Ah, back from Michigan, Stu. I am in Michigan right now as we speak. Now, of course, Stu is from uh, Belgian Beer Me as well and Bamberg Beer Me, which is what we want to talk about today. We wanted to talk about Bamberg, uh, part of Germany that I've not been to. I mentioned that on the, the last time when we were talking yeah. to Stu. So I wanted to talk to him more about uh, Bamberg itself and to, and to get me lubed up for it, the man sent beer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like beer from Bamberg. It's great. Yeah, what do we have yeah. there? Schlinkerla, huh? Yep. You got three different ones here, guys. You got a uh, Hellas, you've got the Erbach, and you got the Doppelbach. Oh. Let the record show I did not pick the order. I was instructed by Justin. Yes. So the Hellas, we started with the Hellas. Stu uh, helped me with the order as well. But you always got to start with the Hellas anyway. Why do I have, yeah. why do I have the smoked beer then? Uh, it. I was just going to say, it's a smoky Hellas. Yeah, but you know what? It's a really interesting beer because people think it's brewed with a smoked malt. When in fact it's not. Really, what you mm. are tasting is the residual smokiness that comes off from using the same system. Oh, really? Oh, that's a new, that's a good point. That much smokiness? What do you mean? I can buy that. That's what I've been told. That it's it, in the in the brew house. Yeah, yeah. But they don't. I mean, but it comes from the cat from the the mash tun. I mean, I, I well, I guess what I'm saying is, as homebrewers, we use the same the same system over and over again and i don't get yeah that. but we're not brewing roush beer day in and day out and then you throw a hellas in there oh i see what oh, you're saying I okay see. i get it the all right system has it's a smell the, just it. a residual because they brew so i mean I, I assume that's what you're saying Stu, is that they brew right. so much uh smoked beer on it that when you throw a hellas in the mix it's going to pick it up that's right i think it, i think it's also mainly the filters oh well that's an even better yeah you know what I like that. It, I think this might be the only way I like smoked beers when it's a residual. Well, not, when it's not an ingredient <laughs> in the oh, beer. Man. It's not overpowering the beer. I want it to be one or the other, man. Give me smoke. Oh, really? Light me on fire and I'll inhale it. Oh, I don't yeah. like that at all. Yeah. Huh. It's definitely kinder and gentler. It, but it is, it, with that with that big malty uh, backbone and that dry finish, it is a very good, uh, yeah. very well-balanced smoke oh, yeah, beer, it's, it's which you also don't beer. find a lot. Yeah, it's it's uh, rarely do you find the smoke at the same level as the malt. I think a lot of smoke beers is uh, a, a you know, higher concentration. Oversmoked. Yeah. So Snickerlaw. I'm guessing you guys go to this brewery on your tours then, right? Um, you know what? We uh, we visit their uh, their tap room. Which is right on the main street there in Bamberg, and of mm-hmm. course it is the epicenter of beer culture in Bamberg. It is, yeah, yeah. I want to go there. <laughs> I want to be the epicenter. I want to be things. there. I want to be there now. The only epicenter. I want to mention about that Hellas though. That was ranked in the top twenty beers by I think it was Men's Journal magazine recently. Oh, is that oh. right? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Hellas style, as you know. Um, when done that's well, a good one, yeah. when done like the Germans do it. Yes, you know it, that's that's when I like it. Uh, not when, right. not when butchered by some shitty home brewer or American <laughs> craft brewer. Yes, damn it! I you am JP like today. I turned into JP today. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen JP so happy in my life <laughs> because it lends credence to what I've been saying. Where there's craft beer brewers and home brewers who, who they'll make a light beer. With an American ale yeast and call it a Hellas because they don't think anyone knows, you know, they don't think anyone is educated. Right. Meanwhile, we're all educated. We're dying for stuff like this that's real. Tasty, next time I say I'm going to spend the weekend with JP, uh, 
Invite me to something, will you? You'll find something better to do. Take me somewhere else. You're like believing in the Kool-Aid, huh? I go spend two days with the guy. I come in here yelling about things that don't matter. Oh, man. Right. Now, Bamberg has the highest concentration of breweries in the world, right? That's correct. There's about 300 of them right in the uh, greater Franconia region, which is, as we talked about before, it's in uh, northern Bavaria. And then uh, there's 10 breweries right in the city of Bamberg, if you count the pilot brewery at uh, Weyermann. And then within about 30 miles of the city, there's about 100 breweries. That's crazy. Does anybody do anything else in Bamberg except brew beer? Make glassware. Ah, Good point. I mean, somebody's got to drink it too, <laughs> right? Someone's got to drink it. It's all brewers there. And when, they, ride, they ride bicycles. They they ride bicycles between all the breweries. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Bike manufacturing, glassware. Yeah. Beer. Now, when you say the pilot brewery at Wireman, you mean the Wireman malting there? That's right. They have a really uh, neat uh, uh, pilot brewery there. And if you visit uh, Wireman, they also have a gift shop where you can buy their beer. They bottle some of it from the Pilot Brewery, and a huh. lot of people don't realize that. Oh, I'd like to go just for that. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Wireman's awesome. Well, and they do some classic malts, and they're nice people, too. Yeah. They're really nice. Stuff. They're awesome. They're, they're uh, a family-run business. They're uh, very PR-oriented. Everything is yellow and red. They mm-hmm. couldn't be nicer. And uh, uh, the times I've taken tours there, it's not just an in-and-out tour. It's, like, in great detail, and it's amazing. Right. Now, yeah. I, we watched your uh, video, Stu, to help promote uh, Bamberg Beer Me, and it seems very old-world there. Yeah. Uh, like, some of the slides from, from the... Uh, I, and I don't know if they were breweries or, or bars, but... JP, you were doing a better job of describing it before the show when you're watching just that kind of the the dark mahogany wood and the, it's very yeah. Franconian. Yeah, I would say draconian, but I think that's probably the wrong term because <laughs> I'm also a real idiot. But <laughs> just, just throw it out just there. That look in, in in bars of like the old like the Middle Ages, right, where yeah. everything's dark wood and kind of rounded. There's still the art, artisanal like craftsmanship of like. A kind of a rounded entryway, yeah. But everything's dark, rich, you know, rich colored wood, and then like lighter walls, and and it, it just it it seems like that's what you want to do is hunker down with a pint of beer, right? And if I was opening a bar, and read Dracula, <laughs> read Dracula, dude. Yeah, uh, Vlad the Impaler needs to. Be, well, you know, it's like uh, if it's, 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 it's that kind of scene where where it. To me, that's a bar. That's a pub. That's a tavern. Yeah, and uh, right. you know, a lot of the English pubs are like that too, where it's real dark and and kind of smoky. But um, is that what it's like? There, that's still? the only way to do it. Well, it's not smoky. Well, not but, smoky, uh, but it is very atmospheric. JP's right with the wood paneled walls and the archways. It's like going back in time, and that yeah. is a big part of going there and and drinking the beer is just soaking in that atmosphere. Right? Are they playing top forty over the house 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 sound system? Because that's what they do here. <laughs> right? Yeah, it could be the nicest bar in the world, and you have to Beyonce. listen to Beyonce. The radio stations in Germany they play a lot of American music, and it's a bizarre mix from. The 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. Right. What you won't find is Journey playing on the radio, <laughs> yeah. which I find unfortunate. You know, what you goes hear a little bit of everything. <laughs> what goes yeah. better with a traditional dark bar than a little bit of can't stop believing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. well, 
Well, the other thing to keep in mind is there's a lot of U.S. military personnel in Bamberg. There's a base there called the Warner Barracks, and we've occupied that base since the end of World War II. That was one of the that was one of the things we got out of the deal when we won the war. I see. Yeah, now yeah, now you did. have us here. Yeah. Let's underline that we won that we won that war because <laughs> we did. Uh, do you know the population of of the military base there? Ten. Mm, I don't. I know the population of the city is about 70,000. Okay. And uh, there's some talk that the base might close here in the future, but last I heard that was still up in the air. Mm. I would worry about that. So would I. I, I wouldn't want to go to Bomberg without that base right there, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm, not gumped, I'm not trying to go anywhere where I can't see a, a, an yeah, American face. It does make you feel it. more comfortable. Yeah. JP will not travel farther than six blocks from a U.S. embassy. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> In fact, it needs protection. Before I go to the Brooklyn Brewery, I want to make sure the U.S. Embassy is within that radius. You won't even go to Brooklyn. No. Uh, Are you kidding me? Stu, uh, would you be able to keep uh, JP safe and secure on a Bamberg beer tour? Is there a oh, concealed absolutely. carry? Do they have concealed carry uh, permits in Bamberg? Because I need, I need one. I don't know, but there's just lots of U.S. military personnel around. And I'll give you a, a quick little story. One night we were in uh, Mars Brewery, and it was just packed. And um, it looked like we weren't going to get a table. And I heard this guy talking out in the hallway, and he was obviously an American. And uh, I could tell by the haircut he was U.S. military. So we got talking. He was from Kansas City. And he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I run beer tours to Bamberg from the U.S. And he goes, that's great. I said, yeah, it looks like we're not going to be able to get in, though. He goes, oh, yeah, you are. See that group of uh, people over there? That's all U.S. military officers. Let's get you in there. And they brought our group in, got us down. We had dinner with them. Yeah. It was great. That's yeah. right. That's what the military does. <laughs> yeah. We are just... Move people aside. We're just table holders. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I do like that. You got to stick together, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I have a lot of respect for these uh, these young men and women who are over there and uh you know that they're they're coming out of afghanistan and and dangerous places like that and they return to bamberg for a little bit of time to get to see their families and then they're right back down there you know well and and you know we've talked to quite a few people who have uh you know homebrewers and and even some some course brewers who that's the beer these are the well what am i trying to say this is the country of origin of the beers that get them into craft beer right right so it's you know it's a starting point for the style it's a starting point for beer right uh you know as we know it today and it's a starting point for a lot of beer lovers well, these kids are going to come yeah. uh, back experienced in roush beer among right. among a lot of well, other things obviously but it's <laughs> experienced in, in roush beer and now, vd probably but <laughs> is roush beer uh, let's do the um w- w- you think you the have? doppelbox second yeah Stu? I would. No, I would do that one last. Do, so do the, but Over then, the smoke but then I'm gonna be full of smoke if I do the roush beer first. Well, that, but but uh, that's the way to do it. The, the doppelbock is gonna be smoky too. Oh, okay. Mm. All right, then, then let's do the roush beer. Yeah. You can leave them both up here, Mosky, unless unless they're too warm already. I don't no, think they yeah, should. Yeah, we're we're chugging these good beers. Yeah, keep them out here. We'll just pour it and, and drink it. Now, <laughs> is 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 Bamberg the home of roush beer? Is that the deal? It is now. Okay. It's, uh, it's most famous for the Rauch beer. And the reason that is, is it's kind of a historical fluke, the way this all came about. At one point, uh, likely all beers were Rauch beers because that was the only way you could kiln the malt. They couldn't separate the heat source from the smoke. And so it all got smoky. I see. And then at some point in... Uh, the technology history they they developed a kiln where they could separate the heat from the smoke 
so you didn't have smoky malt anymore. But the problem with that was is it was another expense for the brewers. So brewers were either frugal and decided not to go that way, or they simply just didn't have the money to go that way. So they just kept using these old kilns and making smoky malt, and then pretty soon... Bamberg became the only place that still did that, and now it's you know it's what they're famous for. Got it. I see. I and I like that about uh, well, not just uh, Germany. You know, when Garrett, we were just in, uh, talking to Garrett a minute ago and talking about ingredients, and and even though we all have ingredients, uh, the same ingredients and techniques available to us, that by region we're still our, our palates differ, and we're still going to end up having regional beer. And Europe and and Germany in particular. It's still very regional that way. You, know, you go to Cologne for Kolsch. Um, and, and Altbeer, I think, too. Where's the home of Altbeer, too? Dusseldorf. You know? Oh, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. That's right. Dusseldorf for Altbeer. Oh, and, and, Dusseldorf. And the Rausch beer for uh, Bamberg. And, right. and, I, and I like that. I, I enjoy that there are still regions that specialize in these things. It is kind of nice. And that is also old. I mean, and what better place to do it than at the place where they make it? Yeah. Some of these beers come over to the States. I'm sorry, Stu. I keep cutting you off. But you don't get them as fresh. Right. They're different. Right. Here's the thing about rock beer, you guys. While uh, it's what put Bamberg on the map as far as most Americans are concerned, it's just one of the many, many styles that are available there. And when you get there, you realize that real quick. In fact, there's only uh, essentially three breweries in Bamberg to make a smoked beer. Okay. Uh, Schlankerle. Special makes a kinder, gentler, mellower version, and uh, Wireman makes a smoke too. And then everybody else is just making a bunch of uh, different lagers, pretty much. And then in the greater Franconia region, you'll find some smaller breweries that make some smoked, some Rauch beers as well. Okay. Uh, but uh, the Bach beers, for example, and uh, are just amazing. Now, and, uh, Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say that I lied about this smoke beer thing. Why would you lie? Well, I forgot. I haven't had this particular one in a long time, and I actually now I remember that I love it because it's, it's amazing. Because it's bacon. Nate, isn't it's isn't Schlankerlau like the classic style, like the the representation, the classic representation of the style? It's the one Americans know because I mean it's the one that the BGCP talks about in those sort of things yeah. because it's one that's commonly available and everyone can can get a taste of it. But it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. benchmark for the style. It's a gorgeous beer. Yeah. Didn't you hear Beautiful. me? Of course, it, I just said it's gorgeous. I said it's bacon. Oh, which embodies, oh, which embodies everything that is wonderful oh, on planet Earth, right, and beyond, and so, the heavens. Yeah. So, is this pure kosher? Then I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, to say it's like drinking a glass of beef jerky. Yeah, that too. It yeah, it has a good beefy. Although it kind of turned my stomach to hear their <laughs> beef jerky in a glass. Right, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, the other thing is, when people first try this, and I introduce people to this style, I recommend that they have it with some food. It's a way to ease you into the style. Yeah, like a nice chicken. It's a good call. Yeah. Or a, a steak. Steak would be good. Do they have steak mm-hmm. in Germany? Sure they do. They do. Yeah, yeah it's all deep fried though, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. They don't deep fry anything in Germany. <laughs> Why not? It's stewed. It's stewed though. It's not broke. Well, like Jägerschnitzel, isn't that fried? Not deep fried, I guess. No. Mm-hmm. It's breaded. It's not fried. Isn't it breaded and then fried though, right? <laughs> I don't think it's fried. No, maybe pan fried. <laughs> I forget. Pan fried, yes. All right. We'll give you that. Let's argue about it. <laughs> Actually, and, and that does bring up a good question for All Stu. Right. How much is... I, I know when we talked to you last that you kind of, you know, like to... Plenty of time to go get your own meals when you're on one of, one of the tours that you do. Mm-hmm. But how much is food, local food, a component of the Bamberg Beer Tour, for example? Well, on all my tours, 
the uh, all the breakfasts are included, uh, and three lunches and three dinners where we have group meals. And during the group meals and brewery tours and any festivals we go to, all the beers included uh, as part of the cost of the tour there. Um, did I answer your question? Well, I yes and no, but I just want to, when you do the, the, the community meals, are you trying to focus on local cuisine, traditional cuisine? Because that's, because I want that. I want, oh yeah, especially because I, I might not know it yeah. if, I, if I'm if i not on a tour. Someone help me with that. You it's know? not McDonald's or yeah. Starbucks. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a lot of really, really classic German cuisine available everywhere you go. And as much as I love it, at a certain point, you do want to, uh, uh, you know, switch out a little bit and get some Thai food or tapas or something like that. Mm. Uh, you know, so. by the way, uh, Nicole is in the chat room. I don't know if it's our Nicole or another, probably our Nicole. Yeah, and in the chat, that, it's our Nicole. Yeah. And is correcting me and making an excellent point that I, you know, I had said, oh, it's because the, the smoke flavor is coming through in the Hellas because maybe it's in the equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicole is saying it's because of the yeast repitch. Which makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, it does. Doesn't it? Than my stupid uh, Well, Stu well, said it, and you just kind um, of went with it. <laughs> but either way, it, does, it, it would still, it, it would uh, be a testament to what Stu said. It, it's in the brewery. It's, from it's the, coming yeah. from the brew house. And, and right. if they're re-pitching the yeast, boom, smoke yeah. flavor. There you go. She also suggests aged white cheddar with this beer. As a pairing with this? Yeah. Oh, or yeah. Or white cheddar popcorn, which now I want white cheddar popcorn. That does sound good. But I want... So I'm going to go to Trader Joe's quick. I yeah. know, right? Pirate's <laughs> booty. I need some right now. This next studio we build is going to have to be right next door to... Right in between a uh, high-quality beer store yeah. and Trader Joe's. And then across from a charcuterie, please. And a strip joint. Yes. <laughs> wow. I think we need to build a compound. Shopping center. We yeah. need a town is what we need. <laughs> we need a town now. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I do like the rock beer. Now, you mentioned Bach beer, too. And so, um, world-class Bach beer come out of the Bamberg area as well? Oh, a lot of it. Okay. And what surprises people, and while you guys have some uh, dark-colored ones there, mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, Bachs, and I'd say most of them are pale Bachs. Okay. And and you'll find that uh, they probably fall more into the Heller Bach category. And uh, they tend to be drier, less sweet than the box you get from southern Bavaria around Munich. Okay. And it's really interesting to see uh, and taste all the different nuances and uh, to be able to compare the different uh, brewers' interpretations of this style side by side. Right. It's amazing. That would be great. Well, and with that many uh, breweries in the area, that's a ton of side-by-siding. Oh, it is. <laughs> and what they do is they start releasing these beers in uh, early October. Schlenkerle is the first one usually to roll out their, their Urbach. And then every week, different breweries keep releasing different boxes. And they call it Bach Beer Zeit, which means Bach Beer Time. Mm. And it's, it's a big, big deal over there. Love it. So the yeah. Fall Bach Tour of Bamberg is coming up October 24th through the 31st uh, with Bamberg Beer Me and Stu here. And uh, am I reading this right? Are we getting a, are BN listeners getting a discount on this thing? That's right. 
It looks like, uh, oh, I love the coupon code. Uh, all right, so Stu is going to give 100 bucks off this tour, wow. which, again, is October 24, uh, 24th through the 31st, so it's coming up. If you uh, purchase before September 10th and you use coupon code BN slash SuckItJP, wow. <laughs> not only will you have a lot of fun I'm while you're honored. ordering, but you'll get $100 off. That's, the- en- that's enough to buy another piece of luggage and fill it with really good cheap beer. Uh, that's, that's a good, a good point. point. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Uh, 100 bucks off the Fallbach Beer Tour of Bamberg October 24th through the 31st. Of course, you just go to BambergBeerMe.com and uh, you could also Google that if you don't you know, search uh, Bamberg Beer Tour. Stu will be the one who comes up right there. And uh, 100 bucks off for coupon yeah. code BN slash SuckItJP. Well, Stu, I'm honored. Uh, I, I really like it, mainly because people have to type my name. <laughs> I try to include you where I can. I love you for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody else I always does. tell people that they, yeah, they should include on their bucket list uh, tasting the Bach beers in, in Bamberg. It really is amazing. There's, and like my little slogan is, there's no place like it, and there really is no place like it. And I really, I think you're right, especially when you point out the ability to do it side by side from several of the, uh, if not hundreds, of the best uh, Bach yeah. brewers in the world. World class. Yeah. Literally. A lot of people throw that around, but, uh, you know, like we say world class radio. Right. It's not. It's not. And we know it. It's <laughs> yeah. marketing. Yeah. But there, it's, it, it, it truly is. Do you, does, do you get a little plastic goat with every single Bach beer in Bamberg? <laughs> Uh, if JP comes, I'll get him a plastic goat and a real one. Nice. <laughs> JP has to bring the goat with him yeah. for the rest of the tour. You get it on day one. Oh, good. And you have to keep the goat with you for the whole tour. Well, guess what? I'm not going to make room for on my shelf. <laughs> well, handcuff it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Stu, if, if you could just... Uh, Stu, you ever seen Scream 4? <laughs> that movie? A uh, horrible excuse for a movie? I don't think I have. All right. Well, you shouldn't. But uh, in it... One of the guys has like a webcam on his head that just he, you know, he it, it, it streams to his blog, but yeah. it's really stupid. But anyway, if Stu, if you would do that for me, <laughs> then I would probably pay full price and I could sit in my home because oh, I don't I fly. I and like that you had to... This is a fantastic idea. Right? I don't know why you use the most obscure movie <laughs> reference on planet Earth to, me, to get to it. You mean the fourth uh, chapter in the in the epic tale that is Scream? <laughs> right. Because really all you had to say was... You saw an ass. Was, Stu, I have this great idea. If yeah. you just strap a webcam to your head, yeah, wear a helmet I in. will pay full price for the tour. Why did I say Scream for? Well, I figured... Um, <laughs> it would have been more I straightforward, get, actually. Yeah. I guess I thought more people saw it. Then no. oh, you oh. and uh, and like a eighteen, uh, like a thirteen-year-old girl saw it. Those even are the know, two people. Do you guys know there was a fourth of that franchise? <laughs> no. No. How did you know my date? That's rude. Convoluted right. descriptor. Do would you be willing to wear a webcam on your next Bamberg tour? <sighs> Can I think about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Germans are like this guy. Google glasses. <laughs> we'll just do that. Speaking of suitcase full of beer, though, these beers are in great shape. They taste yeah. excellent. Yeah, they they're amazing. Really yeah, these good. are really fresh for yeah. sure. I love it. Did you hand deliver so these delicious. back for us, Stu? Unfortunately, I did not. I uh, I purchased those here in Michigan and shipped them out. Wow, well, you're getting some fresh yeah, beer yeah. in Michigan. You're getting good yeah. stuff, actually. <laughs> yeah. They are. You know, that's a good point about that beer. I just like Bamberg is sort of on people's radar for a rock beer, but if you were named, if you had to like name off some Bamberg beers, most people couldn't go beyond Schlenkerla, and that's because most of these 
hundreds of breweries over there don't export. In fact, a lot of them don't even bottle it. This beer is designed to be fresh, yeah. served from the barrel, a lot of times wooden barrels. And a lot of times these breweries, they don't even distribute outside their village. So, right, right. And that's a very that's traditional I, way to, to brew beer in Germany. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, you have to go there to really get it and understand the style, I think, to get the full depth of it. You can have these, and they're great, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know? This, we opened the Doppelbach, too, by the way. It's also fabulous. Isn't that great? Yeah. And smoky. Yeah. And yeah, smoky. Yeah. God, you know, Tasty, that's from the yeah. yeast repitch. Oh, I was wondering how that came about. <laughs> it was from the equipment. Yeah. That's a lot of yeast, then. <laughs> now, on that Doppelbach, <laughs> it's smoked with uh, oak as opposed to beechwood. Oh, really? Yeah. So, beechwood is the standard smoking wood? and It is. And this is uh, something that sets them apart. Right. Uh, do you know the reason? Did it was is there some special reason they chose oak? Well, just for that flavor that it achieves. Mm-hmm. Budweiser and would then, only let them put beechwood on one label, so they had to, <laughs> <laughs> they had to pick. Right. <laughs> and they're like, you can do one. That's the funniest thing Nate said in eight <laughs> yeah, months. They, they joke. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> JP's like, oh, Nate's here. <laughs> no, Nate's good at info. <laughs> but uh, you know that joke was good. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write it down and I, steal it. And I had a for you guys of those three beers. Which ones? you prefer i'm mm. still on the second one i'm still on the route the route uh, that's amazing yeah. um it's got huh. rush to judgment on it. can i have that one and i'll just chug this and then throw up and then drink this and yeah here there you go that's you. a doppel oh gosh well that's a tough question because they were all very good i'm i'd have to go with the hellas i think if i let me order them hellas one rauk beer two uh which leave doppelbach as three if you didn't know that's my order What's four? There's only three. Yeah, but if you had to pick a fourth. Nate, order? <laughs> um, burp. No. Uh, Doppelbach, Hellas, and then, then there's that other great beer. Like the Doppelbach first. Yeah. Tasty? I like the Rosh beer first, and then the Hellas, mm-hmm. and then the Doppelbach. Yeah. Oh, only Hellas guy here so far. I would go... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I want the, the Roush beer. I, I do love that bacon flavor. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's bacon. It's my favorite. It's good bacon. This is it my turn now? Hang on, Tasty. Did you bring two pounds of cooked bacon to your thing this weekend, like you always did? You know, I did not because <laughs> it's a barbecue event. Yeah, yeah. we were all smoked out, man. We uh, right. Yeah. All right, go ahead, JP. What's your order? Uh, I would do Hellas first. Ah, see. Um, and then I, I would JP. do Hellas second. <laughs> and then I would do the Rock Beer third. I see. You don't like the Doppelbach very much. Um, it's it's not that I don't I don't it's not my favorite mm. of the three. It's it's good. It's your fourth. Um, uh, it's my fourth. Right. It's my fourth. It, it, it's very understated. It is, and and uh, I think after those two beers, this beer is very mellow and is very understated. Um, I should make up that word, understated. You know how, and it, it's just not the same. It's not in the same. It's not on the same plateau. You know how at the Great American Beer Festival they occasionally don't order a medal. In a category, they don't award it. In other words, uh, if there was nothing worth a gold medal, worth scoring enough points, nothing medals. Really, JP would he's his would be different. He would he would give a gold like the same beer. Say if say there was no silver medal, yeah, he would give the same beer the gold and the silver. (laughs) Right, is what he. That's how he'd make up for the no medal. Because I hate when people don't like. (laughs) Oh, there is no medal awarded in gold. Really, right. You couldn't have really just gone. Okay, this is the best of what we had. And you would go. You if it's good enough, enough, if it's good enough for gold, it's good enough for silver. I don't understand why they do that. <laughs> right. It's of the beers entried. There was one entry. category last year where they only gave a bronze. Right. The other two, they just knocked. That's it off. bullshit. 
That's bullshit. Wow, and, and that's got to suck, too, if you win the bronze. Like, yeah, sure, your beer's all right. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know. Yeah, it really overstates that it's not like you got beat out. Right. It's just that you're barely that a bronze. Sucks. You're the least yeah. sucky one. <laughs> right? Right. I hate that. Uh, Especially at the homebrew convention. It's like, really? All right, don't forget to uh, go search Belgian Beer Me and Bamberg Beer Me over on Facebook. Uh, you sign up and friend them over there. You can follow current and upcoming tours. Of course, you can always go to BambergBeerMe.com, especially to look for uh, the Fall Bach Tour Bamberg, which is October 24th through the 31st. Don't forget that Stu is giving you 100 bucks off if you use coupon code BN slash SuckItJP, which is both fun and, uh, and money-saving um, to do. Hey, Stu, I wanted to ask you about, real quick before I let you go, is what is a, what's a beer keller? Well, that's a good question. You know, back in the old days, before they had commercial refrigeration, they used to have these limestone caves where they would lager the beer. And then uh, somebody figured out that rather than take that beer all the way into town and consume it. They could just roll it up on top of the hill and drink it in the woods right above the <laughs> cellar, known as the keller. Ah. So then it became a tradition where people would go to the, the beer keller and drink the beer. And in Franconia and Bamberg, <clears throat> they they don't call these beer gardens. They call them beer kellers. In fact, they call it kellering or going on the keller. And so if you're there and you hear people talking about going uh, on the keller, that means they're going to what we would know as a beer garden on top of the, the limestone caves. I see. But nowadays, uh, if a place has a uh, beer garden in the backyard of the tap room, they'll call that the beer keller too. And what's interesting, and it's kind of confusing, for example, um, a lot of these breweries will have a tap room right in Bamberg, but then they'll have a keller that's nearby but out in the country and a lot of times they are not uh, labeled very well you just have to know where they're at oh i see what you mean so there's these great little spots but uh you just think it's somebody's backyard unless you know where you're going <laughs> yeah they have all these big long tables and uh and uh, beautiful mature trees and uh, you can buy food out there and uh that's what the spring tour is all about the spring uh i call it the spring beer garden tour of mm. bamberg rock beer and beyond but we spend a lot of time going to all these different beer kellers and uh it's it's really uh fascinating there's this place called uh, the keller vault in a town of uh Forkheim, and they have about 23 beer kellers side by side on this <laughs> mountaintop nice <laughs> on a mountaintop yeah it's wow. incredible it's like a rave so, but I bet for, that view is awesome for, for beer people yeah it's all just next to each other it's a r- beer rave it's brave <laughs> right right or something i was just wondering about that what the hell was a beer i'm going kellering but now yeah. see all the things you can learn on a right. you, on you a go bamboo. on the keller there okay mm-hmm. all right all right, Stu, thanks very much for your time. As always, don't forget about the Fallbach Beer Tour. Just go check out Bamberg Beer Me um, and follow on Facebook if you want all the, the good updates, including when Stu's going to appear on the show because he usually uh, posts that stuff too. So, uh, If I had a Keller, I would call it Helen. <laughs> wow. What a, yeah. Again, that's coupon code SUCKIT. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, Stu, thanks, man. You're welcome. Thanks a lot for having me on, and you guys keep up the good work. We will, thanks, and, and, and an extra special thanks for the beer, yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, that's for awesome. Sure. Yeah, thanks, man. Great. My pleasure, guys. Cheers, Stu. Take care. There you go, Stu Stewart, BambergBeerMe.com. All right. 
Um, Sounds like a time, dude. I wish I didn't hate moving <laughs> my body places. Outside of your house. Yeah, if I could do this show from oh, uh, Skype, I would. That's how much I don't want to go anywhere. How can you say that a Hellas is so good when it's got all that smoke flavor? I don't get that. What's with that? What's with you guys? That's a good point. Yeah. Um, okay, all I, right. That's, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you challenged me on that. I'm if, challenging. You. If I uh, could, if I could go first, go ahead, JP. I, I think, like it. I think it's. I like the the Rauch flavor already, um, but I think it's it's really well balanced. It's ex- even in the Hellas, it's balanced. Even in the Hellas, it's balanced. I mean, even it's, to notice it to me to me is not, like it's not in balance. Right? But well, I think I think if it was if it was any lower, it would be distracting because it's too low when you're trying to fight through that to get to the malt of what you want. I think, but the fact that it's it's just, to me it's even that malt sweetness and that and that smoke are right just neck and neck with the hops kind of in the background. Um, it, it's a whole different. It's a whole different. It's a whole different deal. Maybe it's me and the smoke, but uh, maybe it's just way, way too there. much for you. Way there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Now that now yeah, that I'm done. I didn't hear anything I mean, JP said. But I mean, for instance, if you took a <laughs> neutral Hellas and and blended that fifty fifty mm-hmm. with this beer, right? It would. I think you'd find you liked it as much mm-hmm. or better. I think you're probably right about that. Let me also say that, it, yeah, if I had a neutral Hellas, I would like that Hellas better, period. I see. Um, because that's a Hellas, and that's how I like them. Right. I think I just found it unique that it had a little extra oomph no, 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 in there, no. and that's what made it the favorite of the three. No, I, I get but you. you would be right that if I were to say, oh, this is a great example of a Hellas that I'm going to recommend to you, right. I would be wrong. Okay. Yeah, right. uh, because of that smoke. But, you know... I'm glad we didn't do the Roush beer first because I, I would have gone back to the Hellas and and then it would have been all smoke on my on my palate. I would have killed it. I had it. Yeah, after, I, did, I tasted it afterwards and it really uh, it really stood out. Right. Um, what do I got to do? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Buy uh, wieners and stuff over there. You can use uh, coupon code BNARMY. Go to adamandeve.com. Right now, for a limited time only, you'll get uh, 50% off just about any item. Plus, you get uh, three free DVDs of your choosing. And uh, there's a whole bunch of genres you can choose from. Uh, Just off the top of my head, there's uh, anal. Um, That's it. (laughs) That's all I can remember. Uh, There's uh, chunky. Co-ed, co-ed, lesbian, milk, lesbian, big P-O- butt, POV. What was that, Suze? Anal. I did that first. Oh, <laughs> oh. All right, anal. How do you not pay attention? How do you? I didn't have headphones, but I just wanted to make sure you got anal. How do you have headphones on and not hear the word anal? I'm just, I'm just making sure you could fit anal in there. <laughs> right. What was it? Anal Asians big breast? Anal like... milf, anal lesbian, anal co-ed, anal. Suze has it memorized, I think, the, even the order. Lots of genres to choose from. Well, it is alphabetical. Um, and anyway, go to adamandeve.com right now. Plus, you get free shipping. All that stuff. Just use yeah. coupon code BNARMY, B-N-A-R-M-Y. And look, if you're going to buy adult fun stuff, why go to that creepy... I went to the creepy adult store uh, not too long oh, ago. Oh, no! That only sends you uh, out yeah. in like the black wow. the black plastic bag. Yeah. yeah. The one on Contra Costa there? Yeah. Yeah, I went there. Your feet stick to the floor? And Well, <laughs> no, but... Uh, and you know, I and I went there with KTG and uh, because that's the better way to do it Date in general sure. except um except that um the, 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 so it's just a bunch of old guys in there yeah 
and then they stop doing whatever they're doing when you come in with a with a young lady. Oh yeah, they're staring at her, at and then they're and they're just sort of all like out of the side of their eyeballs, looking at you and the chick now, <laughs> because- as they're also looking at you know. Do the Babysitter, Volume 29. So what's, right. the, what's the issue here? <laughs> Roxanne goes to prom. Well, yeah. I, I think in, in those places, everyone is always waiting until it's empty to check out. People are always <laughs> wandering the aisles. And, and how how uncomfortable is it to check out anyway? If you go to Adam and Eve, you don't have to look anybody in the face. No. Right, except you, if, unless you have a mirror in front of you, then you don't have to look at anybody. <laughs> Right. I've only been to one of those creepy places, and yeah. I, it was for a Halloween. It was a birthday party. I was dressed up as a nun, right? And you know, this nun <laughs> and and Wonder Woman run into this this place. That was you. It was me. Yeah, buying a little uh, can topper for like soda can or beer cans, and it was shaped as a nipple. I see. You know, shaped as a, as a breast. So you like breast. Uh, gave it to the kid. And turned out the kid was gay. <laughs> How did you know funny. that you would find that item there? We just went in. We're like, we're gonna get, we're gonna get him something awesome. It's gonna be great. Uh, and so we go to this. This that's the only time I've ever been. Well, actually, I went in there a couple years later to buy uh, nitrous. But other than that, <laughs> it was fun. You can buy nitrous at the adult store. Uh, you could at the ones I went to. I guess. I wonder if the one, the creepy one over here, has it. No, that'd be good. It's right next to the Amel Poppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can buy a bandana to fucking soak it in ether too. It'd be great. Right. Mm. Anyway, you can stop going to your local creepy yeah, store. Yeah, you get a better man. selection of Adam and Eve too. Yeah, yeah. they got more products. Are they selling BN branded <clears throat> merchandise yet? Not yet. Hot not grenade, yet. The dildos. Dildo kit. Yeah, but it, but who really wants that? I mean, I don't know. There's some a, weird people out there. Ooh, a butt plug shaped like a hop grenade. <laughs> it's already kind of a spade. You know? <laughs> Float your boat, Moscow. <laughs> Don't pull the pin. JP, uh, JP, Moscow's like well, adding it to his collection. <laughs> this is a lot of girds. It's a big hop grenade. I know. Moscow. It's, inflat- <laughs> it's inflatable. The good ones They're are They're hard inflatable. to satisfy. But yeah, why? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing anyway. Why Why go through the embarrassment? Stay at home. Agreed. You know, shop online. Yeah, the selection's great. Selection is very good. AdamandEve.com. Use coupon code uh, BNARMY. All right, why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do feedback. We'll wrap up uh, the Twitter game. And I'm told we're having trouble with the phones, but um, maybe we can... Untrouble them? Untrouble them and take drunk the weak calls. It's the session. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This summer, Reed Antis from New York won fully paid tuition to the 2012 World Brewing Academy Concise Course in Brewing Technology thanks to Lalamon and Ansar and their 2012 Beer School Contest. It was so much fun, they're doing it again. Announcing Danstar's Beer School 2013 Contest. From now until December 13th, 2012, every time you use Lalamon or Danstar Premium Brewing Yeast, your empty packet is your entry for a chance to win a professional brewing course in the Beer School 2013 contest, Lalamon will sponsor two lucky winners, one professional brewer and one home brewer in a random drawing for fully paid tuition to the 2013 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth nearly $4,000. This course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Get your official entry form and rules at danstaryeast.com. Get brewing with the dry yeast advantage from Lalamond and Danstar. Visit Danstar Yeast. 
moonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlightingmoonlight
live. Fear Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's yeah. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some yeah. sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah.
Yeah. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks to Garrett Oliver and Stu Stewart for being on the program today. A couple more things left to do, including our Twitter game, which JP will be getting ready for us. But first, I got a couple phone calls. Um, I like phone calls. I think I've got uh, Theo Brew and Blooby Gloob, Glop Glop, Gleep Gloop, all online too. Is that what I have, uh, Suze? Theo with the pudding pop and the Theo Theo and Blue. Hey. Who's this? Yeah, this is Theo. Hey, Theo, what's happening? Well, Bobber, Bobber, Gooby, Gooby, Glop's supposed to, like, Skype you right now, but he's still taking a piss. Oh, so I'm supposed to wait? Where's he taking I, it to? What are you guys going to do? A duet? Yeah, we're going to do a duet. We have it planned out. What is it? Do you want to wait? That sounds so great. Give me a hint. <laughs> Great. I hear Blobby's calling me. No video, Blobby. Hi, Blob. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Did you hang up on Theo? No, no, I I got Theo right here. I got him. I got him. What do you guys need for me? You going to do a uh, a duet for us? Uh, Yeah, apparently. Do you need uh, backup music, or are you just going to... Yes, I think so, because uh, doing this uh, duet... uh, to a song that uh, I don't know. I don't know if he knows it, but I I know nothing of it. So back up, back up. You're going to suggest it, Blobber. What? Wow, I hate you when couples fight. Song, Blobber. <laughs> JP, don't know, don't talk over him because then I cannot hear what Bl- Theo has to say. Blue, he Hello, said Theo. that he said that you suggested it. I I did. <laughs> yes, you're the one who suggested this song. Okay, did I? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the last couple of calls I've had with Blooby Gloop, I'm pretty sure he's losing his mind. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> because he talked to her for a couple minutes and he goes, Hello? <laughs> Mom? Is that you? You can't take the pills what with the beer. You gotta separate it out. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I suggest that Theo starts and then I, I add to it. <laughs> I can uh, I can start. I can start. Theo, you wanna, want me to start? Okay, here I go. Ready? Alright. Yeah. Three, two, one. Wow. All right, you got any feedback now? Let's do the feedback. Clearly under the bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> you recognize that song? You know what it reminds me of? This awful song that I just... It's on... It's big right now, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's by Flo Rida, and it's like, you can wet my whistle. See, JP's been hanging out in beer bars, so he knows the song. Did you ever think that whistling was going to be popular in hip-hop? No. the way it worked, dog. Watch. Can you blow my whistle, baby, whistle, baby? Here we go. <laughs> what? That's the hook, Nate. No. What? That's the hook. I mean, hip-hop has been a parody of itself for a while, but this is a new... This is getting good. Is yeah, that? this is amazing. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Wow. And then he whistles like it's, an idiot. It's like it's it's hip-hop has crossed into pop. It's now a hip-hop. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Just totally define a generation of music. Country pop, hip hop. Hip hop. Right. 
Yeah. This it's is just maybe pop. maybe their tribute to the Scorpions, a little wind to change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, so Theo and Blob, that's what you now sound like to me. Yeah, you sound like a millionaire artist. <laughs> right. You know, try to say George Michaels. You guys hate George Michaels. <laughs> You're Never gonna dance again. It's like Blubber has an echo effect on that's gone wrong. You know, I was planning a name. Right, thanks, Bob and Theo. Later. I was planning a name that tune with Lobber, but based on how that phone call just went, cancel it. Don't even guess them, huh? Got to do name that tune with Blobber. Love it. All right. There we have it. Oh, yeah. Can I give it back now that we have it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. We should probably do feedback uh, real quick. Let's do it. It's some good feedback today, bro. All right. Uh, feedback's brought to you today by our brand new sponsor. We're so happy to have him on board. Austin Homebrew Supply. Uh, go right. check them out. Austin Homebrew Supply. And, you know, good dudes over there. And, and they contacted us and said, look, we love what you're doing. And, and please let us help you out. And, and they did. So what a, just a great company over there in Texas. AustinHomebrew.com. Check them out. And I just wanted to say thanks and welcome to the Brewing Network. They're bringing you, mm-hmm. uh, this edition of, uh, of feedback. So there you have it. Oh my God. You've got mail. is. All right. Peter writes in. Yeah, he does. What is this? What is FFS Justin? I don't know. That's what he put. That FFS was his, uh, Justin. Huh. Fucking feature F-T- fucking fabulous fan of something. <laughs> Penis F-T- Justin. FTFS. Fuck this fucking shit. Urban <laughs> Dictionary for fuck's sake. Ah, thank you, Moscow. That's, see, that's why he's oh, the producer. Thank yeah. you. All well, right. the Giants game's over, so... Uh, I was all ready to email and thank you for introducing me to some great beer music through the Sunday session, but then you had to go and spoil it by playing Steel Panther. No. No. Now I find out that Steel Panther are coming to Perth, Western, Western Australia, in October. Western. Western. <laughs> and now they're coming to Perth, Western Australia. It's now 1.30 and I can't get to sleep because I have to tune to the words of... Weenie, 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 ride going through my head. Seriously, though, it's about time you released a Music of the BN album or playlist through iTunes. I never knew there'd be so much good beer music out there. It'd be great uh, for brew days. Now, if I could just get you to move the session to Saturdays instead of Mondays mm. so I could listen live while brewing on Sunday mornings in Australia, all would be really cool. Dream on. There you go. Says I know Mondays give you a more corporate working week, but having an audience get drunk with the brewcasters is the heart of the session. But I'm gonna occupy this shit if you keep talking corporate, dude. <laughs> oh God. I think Saturdays would be a great idea. Cheers from Peter. Peter, uh, Peter, Saturdays will never ever happen. <laughs> I'm just gonna point that out right now. Uh, you said that once about Mondays. <laughs> uh, I Justin, I just listened to the session episode on Cascale. I wanted to tell you, well done. I feel like I've read this one before, but maybe it just came to my personal email. Uh, there was so much information in the interview. You guys did a great job. All the information was spot on. The only time I was yelling at my MP3 player was when the guys talked about getting vegetal flavors from leaving beer on the dry hops too long. Has anyone there actually experienced that? Yes. I doubt it. Yes. He says. Uh, Nathan? Yes. You've experienced it. Yes. You didn't oh, yeah. say it willy-nilly. You nope. tasted it in your beer after yes. it happened in your beer. After it happened. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. 
later on, I mean, he, he goes on in, in the email to, to explain how he leaves them on for months, sometimes years, and doesn't get it. And I'm wondering if, if what we're calling vegetal... Temperature is, and variety dependent, too. And, there, and also the amount. If you're yeah. using a really small amount, you're probably never going to know. Well, I wonder if what we're calling vegetal is really more like an earthy... You know, earthy green thing. You know, I wonder if he's making the distinction between vegetal, like sure. creamed corn. Was yeah, it was it really really pronounced? Well, that oh, comment is grassy made, or, yeah, grassy yeah, or, yeah. or you know more focused on what you're getting from American citrus hops that sit on dry hop too long. Mm-hmm. English varieties like EKG and Fuggle probably do very that, different right? things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, he goes on and says, I dry hop all my hoppy ales in the keg and serve them for months, sometimes years, and there's never any grassy or vegetal flavors from leaving the beer on the dry hops in the keg. It's yet another one of those brewing myths that just will not die. There's oh. no reason not to dry hop in the keg for styles like bitter, pale ale, IPA, and double IPA. I challenge anyone to find vegetal flavor from leaving the beer on the dry hops. I think Nate just met the challenge. Yeah. I've experienced it, but he might have better techniques than I do for limiting that. So. Impossible. The rest okay. of the email invited us to his pub, so if you want to say the name of his brewery in there, that'd be good. Okay. Uh, no, no. I, I, oh, I read that. It was his house that was his pub. Oh, it's his God. house. I didn't read Yeah, when something starts with Casa Day, I'm pretty sure usually house. talking about the rooms. <laughs> yeah. Casa Day Brewskis. He calls it Boathouse Brewery in Olympia, in Olympia Washington, but mm. I, I got the feeling that it was his house, mm. which is a very nice invite, but uh, you never know how people creepy they are. You never go to the boathouse. That's a, uh, one of the rules I have. I don't even sleep at JP's house, and I know no. him. <clears throat> no, there right. actually is a boathouse brewery established in 1996, although it's in Ohio, so... Uh, oh no, Olympia, Washington. Oh, there you go. Oh. There you go. They moved from Ohio to Washington. Oh, maybe it is his real thing then. Then I would ha- be happy to go to that. You can't be too weird, right? I mean, <laughs> the general public in there. Uh, at least in Washington. Uh, okay. What else do I have All right. Oh, our friend Damo writes back. <laughs> Damo! 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 Damo writes in, hey guys, uh, thanks for the reply, Ari, the show on Aussie Craft Beer. Thanks guys for making me a tiny bit famous on your Brazil show. I've not laughed that hard for a while. I felt the need to reply after the uh, on-air weenie ride. Oh yeah, I think we played weenie ride for him. Because he was Damo. Damo. He says, Damo speak good England. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not a retard. I'm from Perth, and I'd like to do a big shout-out to my brew club, the West Coast Brewers. Isn't Perth in Western Australia? I think it's in Western Perth. (laughs) He says, I'm glad that effing Tim from effing Canada realized he was a dickhead and apologized. He needs a weenie ride. (laughs) And finally, he says, in Australia, Damo is a cool name. (laughs) Love the show. Cheers. Damo. Jippy, didn't you tell me that Damo was a band in... Uh... Damo is several things. Damo is a rapper in Australia. <laughs> it's also a Japanese TV show. It's a song by the Indigo Girls. So... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't play that. But I, I like how... Damo! In, in Western Australia, or in Australia, it's a cool name. But here, it's a song by the Indigo Girls. <laughs> I have to play it. Oh, man. I have to play it. Damo! <laughs> Demo. Let's see what we have here. Demo. <laughs> Fucking demo. It's, it's very tribal. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting back to Mother Earth. Oh, 
Oh, Jesus. Should have listened to Nate. I told you, man. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> yeah. That'll do. That'll do, Damo. <laughs> that was pretty Damo. His new theme song. I like Damo. <laughs> Damo is real. Oh, man. What a good sense of humor. This is your... All right. Um, <clears throat> Gator Beer writes in, In the past week, I've done two things. Listen to the first ever show... And found a picture of the whole BN crew online. Ooh, it's not a very busy week. No, it's pretty good. That's, how, yeah. that's all I've done. You know, I've also eaten my own feculants. <laughs> Any a few weeks like that. I haven't done much in a week either. I cleaned a bunch of duty off of a shitty little dog. <laughs> and I played golf. Uh, he says, whoa, the BN's come a long way. But I wanted to say uh, that in the first Sunday session, uh, Justin says, we'll always be on Sundays. Uh, I don't listen live, so I don't care when you record. But, JP, this might help you play D&D. He also says, seeing a photo of you guys might have fundamentally shaken my listening experience. There's something about radio voices and the actual person never matching. Yeah, they're wildly disappointing. It's impossible impossible to match. However, he says, Tasty looks exactly as he sounds. (laughs) (laughs) I think I take that as an insult. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Careful with that webcam, folks. Lastly, yeah, yeah, don't be looking at that thing. Yeah, it's He's not a, for amateurs. Lastly, I was very happy to hear that Doc has always been uh, drunk on the show, <laughs> proven by the Hefeweizen in tasting, where he had finished all his beers before the tasting even began. <laughs> I think I actually remember <laughs> yeah, that from the very yeah. first show. Uh, That's how I knew that Doc was right for me. Yeah, and, and this show is is that we had poured a tasting of Hefeweizens <laughs> and we, they'd been out for like three and a half minutes, and we hadn't started the taste again. Docs were well, There used to be shows where the listeners would give money for Doc to drink X number of beers before the next break and stuff yeah. like that, too, man. It was great. Love it. Um, okay, and finally, or maybe not finally, a couple more. Oh, our, our old friend Porter Smith right, wrote back in. <laughs> you remember Porter Smith, the drunken ramblings of a madman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Upset that we put uh, Bevo in a soundproof booth so that yeah. nobody could hear her. What's the point of that? That's fucking demo, bro. How, how does that help radio if you can't even hear her? Yeah, that's fucking a demo would think of that shit, bro. <laughs> so Porter yeah. writes back, and by the way, the email is titled Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> wow. And, uh... I love Porter. He says, holy shit, you bucket of butt love aftermath. Uh, you called me a dumbass on the air. I was trying to be helpful, you ass clown. You know, not everyone is famous like you and has millions of dollars to spend. <laughs> what? Not everyone is. That's true. It's true. Not everyone, not, not everyone anyone in this room is as famous or like you. Ah, uh, I am as famous like me. I have a million pennies. Uh, I had my friend over to listen to the show, and I felt like a dumbass. <laughs> it's, it's weird. He, has, he has his friend over. He's like, you got to listen to this great show. It's awesome. They're so great. And yeah. in the show, we're like, this guy Porter's an idiot. <laughs> Not a good move there. Feel free to listen first before you yeah. show it to your mother, you know? Uh, he's gonna put uh, us on tape delay. He says, "I felt like a dumbass." <laughs> yeah, the FCC shouldn't put us on delay. The listeners should. Yeah, they should. put it on dump bucket for his friends. Exactly. <laughs> now he gets oh. back to his own demo shit though, because he's he's just he starts getting real choppy again. The lunch meat episode Olympics show was really funny. You should let JP do that show once a week. He reminds me of a Cameron Fry. 
He's going to keep calling me. He's going to keep calling me. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I don't know. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Oh. LMFAO. Oh, I hope we did. You made a Scream 4 reference and you don't know a Ferris Bueller reference? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Give me a break. And then he says, uh, yes, my real name is Poor... By the way, don't write into me with, with internet things like LMFAO. Are we so stupid now that we can't even write an email without these lulls and and limifos? Maybe he's talking about the band. You can't just say ha-ha. <laughs> I don't know. I just... <clears throat> or laughter. Yeah, just... those aren't for email. Those are for... Uh, I don't like even text. like them in text, but... Those are for girls. I particularly don't like them in email. Right. Send me a smiley face instead. <laughs> uh, anyway... And he said, yes, my real name is Porter. I was named after my uncle. He fought in the war, so you can't make fun of him, bitch. Well, was it All the right. Korean War uh, or World chance. War II? If it was the Cold War, I can make fun of him. Yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> he fought in the Cold War. It's very difficult. Uh, can you do a show on how to distill using pressure cooker? See, he's just random. Yeah, he's Don't, super You can't ready. make fun of my dad, bitch. Can you do a show on how to distill <laughs> using a pressure cooker? the same sentence actually this is add and then he goes on to say so because the jew is all right with calling him a ginger i just need to find a chinese guy that's okay with chink and i can call them all chink who ever heard of a jew with red hair anyway well that's the whole thing is i don't have red hair that's why i don't take offense to it because it doesn't it's like if i call jp the n-word like is he going to take offense to that he's not black whatever you know ginger. What I'm saying it's kind of red <laughs> It's a little red hue to it. Uh, it's a slight. Hue. Is it red hue? Maybe your cheeks plat- are now. It is a nice color, by the way. I like Porter. <laughs> is it he platinum? just kind of goes, man. He's like Doc, but more, much more hair? angry. I like that Porter's still angry about me calling people Ginger. <laughs> Damo. Since when is Ginger a <laughs> racial term? Yeah, there's no... Where does, where does the race of Ginger come from? <laughs> from Gingers. Oh, okay. Hey, Porter. From The Walking Dead. Hey, Porter. When you don't need me. Hey, Porter and your new friend that's listening. You're a stupid ginger. <laughs> Fucking demo gingers. Uh, here's another one. Jay, if I could actually download the archives, it would be really fucking nice. Come on, man. Get your shit together. Putting together a top-notch show, mostly and sometimes, then effing up the downloads. Take some of your new studio and very ample vacation budget and allocate some of our money to actually letting donors listen to the fucking show. Or just pull the trigger and force us to get the shows through tardrific iTunes. I don't pretend to let us, and don't pretend to let us download it directly from your freebie website. <laughs> don't ever pretend that. It's frustrating. I've been trying to download last week's show all fucking day. Suck it code. Uh, the first ever suck it code. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good on that guy, first of all. Man, you By gotta... the way, you can get it in iTunes anytime you want. It's already there and it's free. You don't have to pay for it in iTunes. There's an inbox it's always free. Full, uh, angry demos here. <laughs> I guess the... By the way, the show is fine. It's there, and it's downloadable. Uh, I will say this. Um, you know, we upgraded the server to give us unlimited bandwidth because they finally offered that in an affordable way. And then our bandwidth is so enormous. There are so many people downloading the show right now that they throttled us. The, mm. the server throttled what? us. So, yes, technically... People can download an unlimited amount of shows, but now they've throttled our pipeline. So what happens is you do occasionally get some slow downloads because if a lot of people are doing it at once, the jerks are throttling us. Um, 
I recommend getting the show. I've never recommended this before, but I recommend getting the show through iTunes and just turn on iTunes and leave it on in the background. Right, it's automatic, right? And it will automatically download. You know, it'll it'll be there tomorrow morning when you wake up. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I can't. You have no idea how many people are downloading the show right now. My favorite part. There are hundreds of thousands of downloads Possibly every millions. single month on this show, and and I there's no way the BN with with the income that we have uh, could could pay for that uh, bandwidth without some sort of a service that that allows it. Uh, um, by the way, we're balancing it off of a donated server from a listener yeah. and two different servers. I mean, we're doing everything we can to keep the show free for you. Well, you're doing everything except taking money away from your ample vacation. <laughs> that was my favorite part is ample vacation fund. Yeah, what about that? Uh, I don't know. Let's <laughs> I don't know. Last time I, I vacationed in Martinez. <laughs> I go down to the Martinez Marina and I dip my feet in the polluted refinery water. <laughs> and then I go get new ones made for me. I don't know. I guess I, I have an ample vacation fund. And a, you do. And, and our new studio, you know, five miles from Cancerville it, with the affordable rent. We're spending all our money on these things. We had two fires at the local refineries within a week of each other. Yeah. That lasted for demos. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what's this last one? It's a thank you. Who cares? <laughs> I only like bad ones today. That's some good I'm ones JP. Just finish them all. <clears throat> all right. Uh, uh, El Tizzo in the forum writes in, Dear asshats, douche noddles, dozzles, dozzles, nozzles, whatever. And anything that doesn't fit into those categories. Just wanted to drop a line and say thanks for all the good info you provide, especially Tasty and Nate. I just got the results back from our local beer comp, the Beehive Brew Off here in Salt Lake City. Sounds great. And out of the six beers I entered... I got first place in both the IPA, uh, which had 44 entries. Hell yeah. And double IPA, which had 17 entries. Wow, first in both. Wow. I also, waste the hops. He says, I also won IPA last year, so this is a repeat. We there had almost go. 600 entries this year, which is not bad for a Mormon city that doesn't drink anyways. Uh, thanks again. Yes, uh, and yes, JP, I know IPAs are played out, but I like them, and I like to brew them. Out from uh, Lawrence Eltizzo. Uh, all right, there you have it. Uh, I believe I got Bub on the line. Wanted to call in. Hey, Boob, what's happening, man? Hey, wow, what the fuck? It's only been like a half hour. I've been on hold. Hey, complain <laughs> about something. Some... What's oh, up? Bob? Oh, okay. I'll complain about a James Stewart in this last fucking show. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How deep was he in your throat? Which one? Who are we talking about? Garrett Oliver. Oh, I mean. I mean, I love a show with information. Not that I ever listen to your fucking show anymore. But. Bob's drunk. Sort of. But, Jesus Christ, there wasn't a single dick joke in the whole fucking episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. There were no dick. There wasn't an opportunity. You know, if you think about it. We had fecal matter in the intro, though. We were were doing our best English, and it's hard to fit that in appropriately. But dick jokes. I mean, God, I had a fucking monocle in for the goddamn show, and I'm talking like this. I want a dick joke. Just put a hand mirror down by your crotch. It's funny enough. <laughs> I, if I, there was, I, had keep, I had to stick a pipe cleaner up my pee hole to keep awake from that thing. Oh, come on. Please. Garrett was uh, very interesting. And by the it way, if there was opportunity was if there was opportunity for a dick joke, somebody would have told a dick joke. It's not like oh, for sure. we take our dick jokes very seriously. We're not just going to throw them around willy-nilly. Listen. 
Listen, JP even tried to throw out some like minor, lame ass, weak, limp dick jokes, and and just just went right by. I had to have my pinky out as I'm holding my Coors Light, a fucking monocle in. I don't know what was going on there. It's like goddamn Mr. Peanut over here with a 17 piece suit on. <laughs> God forbid. I, I, had, I had to check and see how long there was a giggle by by pulling out my pocket watch on fucking gold chain fob thing. I don't even know what that means for one. Neither does he. I don't know what that means. That's the other part. <laughs> no idea. I don't, I'm trying to follow. Well, and also, I think Mr. It, Peanut does have a monocle, though. He does. And a top hat. He got that thing right. And spats. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, but you know, you know the de- the Put delay, there too. the delay on Skype. He just didn't hear. That's all. He was given a good interview. It was he great. Did, he didn't hear. Jesus Christ! His it was it was like an episode of Delicious Dish. See, this I is mean, this is our life. Boys. It was good information. Don't get me wrong. I know you're trying to blow him, trying to get a show out of him, all that jazz, and you don't want to piss off a a, 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 beer, a good guy or whatever. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, geez. unlike you. So in, in in the next interview, Bub, where we make a bunch of dick jokes, you're going to call it and be like, where's the beer information? Right. Yes, this is, is our life. Welcome to your life, boys. This is it. Because we get a show on where the dude comes on and gives us nothing but good beer information. And then we have to listen to how we pussed out and then right. telling dick jokes. And then you're right. Next week, we tell a bunch of dick jokes. We got to listen. Everybody call in and write in about how you, you didn't get any beer information because you're too busy making dick jokes. This is our life. You guys aren't funny, man. What, what happened to the show that I really liked when you were funny, man? What a stupid life we've built. <laughs> At least throw a smattering of dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> now, all right, from now on, the rule is shotgun dick jokes. You just throw them out there and That's see where it. they land. That's usually what I do when I go to bars. <laughs> if, 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 if we have, like, a little J.P. Tourette's going on, like, he's a blanking, right? Like, right in the middle of something about, you know, Cascade Hot smelling like fish vagina or something. And, and how would that really have gone over? Would you think we would have continued to get good Garrett information had we randomly thrown in Blumpkin? Sir, what do you think about uh, boners? Do you think I care what the fuck that guy was saying? No. I don't, why don't you go back to telling me how to build a bunker, bub? Oh, 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 you're going to pull this shit. Yeah. You're going to pull this shit. Because clearly you know how Uh-oh. to get listeners, right? Yeah. Hey, why don't you go tell me how much ammo I have to store for the coming <laughs> revolution, bub? Y2K oh. and all that jazz. Hey, wasn't that a dick joke? Because you said come, and it's like what shoots out of your wiener hole? You get it? Yeah. You get it? I'm, I'm trying to give JP credit for trying to liven up your little your little radio show here that has this, this uh, all these people listening to it and shit and and, sh- and things. I don't and know stuff. what that's like. It's don't stupid. don't don't give me on that. But and you give me shit for having spam. Hey Bub. Hey Bub. Where can I buy a radiation suit for the coming apocalypse? From bubweb.com. <laughs> Help me out. It's moment to ponder, you dumb ass. (laughs) Well, I was trying to get you, I was actually trying to get you, uh, you know, actual business instead of people who just download and then delete. I I don't care. (laughs) If if I gave a shit about my content, I would put some up there. You should. I would. I care about it. I've learned a lot. I've never listened to it. Is it good? I've learned to save blood. Horrible. Where are you saving it? it? Save it in the like, bathroom. Like, oh, is that the bub timer? He's hanging it in the uh, in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> See, you even had to come up with a fake bub timer because it's been so long. That was that was pretty lame. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Bub's right about that. <laughs> Whose fault? It's downstairs. I can go get it. 
But whose fault is that, Bub? We haven't needed one. Don't play one. that game with me. <laughs> we haven't needed one since because you dropped off the face of the earth, building your fucking weird rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just coming back to tell us that we didn't tell enough dick jokes. Yeah. I, I listen to one show a fucking year. I get screwed out of the Olympics. Who else pissed and drank? And and, and then and then the, the, the judges screwed me, screwed me because some guy had a moldy beer cap. And and then this, this shit. I come back. I'm like, you know what? I'll listen. I'll see if these guys are any good. <laughs> I have to listen to some guy with a fucking accent. Accent of of like the guy's lighting his cigars with hundred dollar bills and and wearing a three piece suit while he's what? while he's taking a shit. I think you're oh, racist. Wow. You, the guy clearly knows a lot about beer and uh, was expressing I, listen, it eloquently listen. on the show. Listen, I sat down on the same couch as Garrett Oliver and shared beer with him while having cigars in a hotel before the, all these fucking laws. What do you want, a blowjob? Don't get me going. Don't get me going with who Garrett Oliver is. He's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> God forbid he shows that on our program. One right. vagina. The guys. The guys. At least one vagina. The guy's been tasting beer since uh, VW actually had a bug and not a preppy beetle like you have. <laughs> you were tasting his cock the whole night. Though. There you That's go. the problem. I'd rather drive a bug than a beetle, though. All right, Booby. Thank you for the call, my friend. You guys have a fantastic evening. Right. <laughs> you too. Later, Bob. This is this is it though. This is our life. This That's is what, right. what we've created. Yeah, it's it, either, you know, you can't please all demos. Uh, it's it's either <laughs> too much or it's too little or it's not enough yeah. or you didn't do this yeah. or demo this, demo uh, that. It's yeah. all demos. All right, I got Abe on the on the line. I think he's calling it for drunk of the week. Abe, what's happening, man? Maybe he's telling us about how he fought zombies off. Abe's on line three. Oh, well, who the fuck is this? Right. You just drop someone? Hey, Abe, what's going on, dude? Yeah, you're goddamn right I'm calling in for Drunk of the Week. <laughs> wow. Hi, Abe, where are you calling from? Yeah, you heard me. I'm Abe. I'm calling in for Drunk of the Week. <laughs> you heard me. I'm Abe. Yeah, Who the fuck it. is named Abe anymore? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody. That's my real name. What do you hear about that? Um, I kind of, I don't know. What yeah. do you hear about that? Uh, where are you calling from, Abe? <laughs> my phone, uh, motherfucker. Colorado. Colorado. Figures. All right. Okay. Uh, are you by yourself? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing weird things. It's kind of like uh, uh, on my speakers on my computer about two seconds uh, forward, and I'm hearing through my phone about two seconds back. Yeah, you should turn your computer off. Turn your phone off. I don't understand. This, doesn't it balance out? Yeah, actually, not, it does I'm work. If you turn your phone off, you'll hear us better. Uh, phone off. <laughs> You're not that drunk then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing weird things. Yeah, because you sound real weird. That's why. I'm my phone off, all right? It's, all right. So, it's so weird because I've never listened to radio before. It's so weird that when I'm on the phone with you, it's at a different speed than what's coming through my internet. <laughs> all right, well, what, what, what? Fucking maybe I'm too close, okay? You are too close. Stand 10 feet from your computer and you'll be fine. You're too close all to right, life. All right, shut the fuck up. You called me. I don't know. Are you by yourself, Abe? <laughs> Clearly, listen yes, to him. I, well, there, there are two dogs here. <laughs> what are their names? Nice to talk about your girlfriend and your mm. mom that way. Oh. Uh, no, no, dogs are not my girlfriends. Um, you want my resume or not? Yeah, I guess. No. What do you got? Not with that attitude. No, JP, you do want my resume. All right. So I've had uh, I've had two shots of fucking. Um, <laughs> Uh, wild turkey. Yeah, this two is shots of early times. Totally the wrong show. Um, 
and then I've had uh, I've had uh, Racer Five. Uh, I'm drinking right now uh, Stone's Cali Belge IPA, uh, and I've had the majority of a uh, Sierra Nevada uh, summer camp beer camp. Oh, and that's it, and that's got you angry enough. Uh, no, it's just, I mean, those are a lot of high alcohol things, you know what I mean? How oh, yeah, Racer 5. Racer 5 is pretty high alcohol, dude. You're good. Yeah, Racer 5 is an excellent beer. It's one of my fucking favorites. Oh, it's very good. It is a good beer. All right, I yeah. got your resume, and uh, you are a little angry, so you know. Is that how your friends know when you've been drinking? Well, as long as if, if Justin says that I'm angry, then yeah. that means I'm angry. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're I'm, a little angry. Uh, no, nobody's as angry as Justin. So if he says I'm angry, then yeah, I'm fucking angry. Yeah, I'll get. I sh- I'll send you my therapist's name when we get off the line here. <laughs> send you his number. Right, his name right, is Damo. I'm brewing tomorrow as well. Just so you know, I'm brewing tomorrow. I'm brewing a Cascadian Dark. Oh, you're gonna be uh, black IPA? No, Cascadian yeah. Dark. God. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, black IPA is what I would prefer to call it. Customers at my brewery prefer to hear, oh, it's a Cascadian dark, you know. Well, so that's what I call it when I brew it. Try educating them instead of kowtowing. Try to educate them instead of what? <laughs> I didn't know that word either. Did, uh, JP's, JP's from no, the I 20s. Didn't, I didn't hear what you fucking said. <laughs> of course I've heard it, but who the hell says that? Instead of acquiescing. It's a great word. Yeah, where's your, oh, where's your long curly mustache, JP? <laughs> 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 I donated right, to the hipster right, begging on the corner. His name is Abe. All right, Abe, you already know what that means. You're in the yeah. running for uh, Drunk of the Week. Bye, Jove. Watch out for John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got uh, Mantroll on the line again on line two. Mantroll, what's happening? How's it going, guys? How you doing, buddy? Hey, just wanted to do a shout-out for you guys. I got the uh, Hop Grenade IPA kit in today. Oh, uh-huh. all oh, right. That's quality... That's a quality product. There we go. Okay. Well, thank you. We worked hard on that. So um, uh, thank you for the report, man. Smell the box because I packaged it for you. When are you going to brew it? I'll probably brew it tomorrow. Nice. But I was looking through it. You even have the Irish moss in there. I mean, that's well done. We don't fuck around, man. It's supposed to be everything you need. It doesn't have the liquid yeast in it, but it does have yeast in it. It's got good yeast in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So the only thing is that if if you're used to a certain type of yeast, then you you might have to go get that. But other than that, it's all supposed to be there. So uh, that was the idea. Oh, man. Extra candy on that to be an Army sticker that you guys threw in there with it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, thank buddy. you for the report. That's what we were trying to do with that thing. Awesome. So, uh, cheers, man. Thanks, Mantrol. Hey, appreciate that, guys. All right. a good one. Later. Cheers. There you go. See? Yeah. Uh, no which, demo You there. know what's weird about that? It wasn't somebody calling in and bitching about something. You know, with the million dollars you have to spend on beer kits, I can't believe that this one only had one sticker instead of two oh, stickers. They, they, wait, wait. They gave us money, got something, and then they didn't complain. <laughs> We could yep. do, we could yep. we could do more of that a bit. Well, I will say that I, I did also it. put in two coasters, and he didn't mention that. Oh, so fuck man troll. Thank you. If their listeners won't complain, JP certainly will. Yeah, about their the non-complaining <laughs> phone call. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to compliment, compliment everything. <laughs> All right. the rule I always have. Uh, Ellis is on the line. Ellis, what's happening? What's up, Justin? How are you, brother? 
Hey, have you ever anybody stroke out on the air or no? <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> because my left arm feels weird. That's Wait a minute. What is is stroking out like? No. I, is that like when, no, is maybe, that like choking out? I might make it like, no, like, uh, yeah, you know, like your heart feels funny and then you fall down. Oh, That's like never s- happened, has it? No. Why? Are you feeling like dying? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm just joking. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Ca- I'm just joking. I guess. I don't know. This beating in my chest might not be a big deal. It's no big deal. How many gaggers up, have you? How many gaggers have you fucking snorted? I thought you were going to talk about rubbing one out on the air or something. <laughs> no, not rub- no. That's that save that for the chat room. We don't talk about that on the air. That's just, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> that's what happens in the chat room? Great. I haven't been yeah. in there in a while. So you ever yeah. had anyone gag that's out good. on the air before? <laughs> <laughs> Stroking out on the air would be a guaranteed DOTW win, right? I mean, if you died, you would get the posthumous medal. I mean, uh, I Not if you didn't have beer first. Word, what's the word? I, I think I, I don't think I can say it right now. Thunderbird. Pa- posthumous. Pa- posthumous. Yeah, you're close. Dang it. Posthumous is good. Posthumous. posthumous. Yep, what is it? The, the after it happens, right? Yep. How How old are you, Ellis? Yeah. I'm ten. Thirty. Thirty. I'm not even old. I'm like. How much you yeah, had? Thirty. How much you had to drink? Thirty's old, dude. No. Old. <laughs> how much? JP? How much you yeah. had to drink? Uh, I don't know. I, a few pilsners, uh, a couple little somethings. You do. Few, uh, uh, you do. Uh, lost gold, real IPAs. Blood of a ten-year-old oh, boy. No. You do any? Uh, <laughs> wow. You, you done a couple lines of coke tonight, or what? No, no. You know what? Uh, I missed out on that this evening. <laughs> I feel like it. I don't know what. To, I, I think I'll be okay. You, uh, when I was on hold, my heart my heart started beating. I, that might have been the the joy of being able to talk. Uh, it's just nerves you know, on the phone with JP. It's all it I don't is. know. It's just nerves, man. Trust me. You uh, yeah. you smoked any of the wacky tobacco tonight? No shit, not tonight. But you got any? <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, I, I make I make it a. I have it and I have it on me, but you know you you got to pick your friends right. You know? Move to California, dude. Every tank of gas, you get a fucking free eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, sounds yeah. like a deal. All right, Alice. Well, you're in the running uh, for drunk of the week, man. Ask us what hey, gas costs. Can I just hear? Can I just hear Tasty say one love before I get off the phone? <laughs> Absolutely. You want, yeah. you want to call him out, Tasty? Right. One love, brother. There you yeah. Go. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. All right, later, Alice. Now he's gonna. Now he's gonna stroke one out. Yeah. Or stroke out or something. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh okay. How about Ken from Philly? Uh Ken, what's happening, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing good. How are you, buddy? All right. Um just calling for drunk of the week. Yeah. Uh, I was really, really drunk and then I heard, you know, Blooby Blobby and Bub, you know, shit all over the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you're like, I'm not that drunk at all. Well, no, I'm still I'm feeling pretty good. You by yourself? Um, I've been drinking uh, all kinds of dark beers, uh, stouts, and porters all night. Yeah, like uh, homebrew? No, no, no. Well, today I laid off the homebrew. I've been drinking all of my cellar. I got my hands on some, um, some stone smoke porters, the uh, vanilla bean one. Yeah. Had one of them. Um, um, had some uh, uh, Peruvian morning. It's like a, a, a KBS kind of beer out of uh, Central Waters in Wisconsin. It's okay. Pretty good beer. All right. Um, I should have written down what I had. 
Oh, I had, you know what I had? I had that um, uh, Anderson Valley summer uh, winter solstice. Oh, yeah. One. yeah. It was on sale at a bottle shop. I had two of them. That's good stuff. Nice. Um, and, uh... Nothing like a good, uh... Nothing like a good cellar clean-out to catch a buzz, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would just grab whatever I could grab. And I had, uh, I had a bomber of um, Up and Frog, Doris Destroyer, and that really put me over the top. I bet. Now, I like oh, it when, also, some people, they clean out their uh, their cellar like when they have company. Yeah. But uh, I like, no, 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 I I like doing it by myself sometimes, you know, just finishing yeah. everything. Yeah, I don't you know. care. Oh, people, everyone would really love this. Yeah. Oh, you should have had it. Last night it was just great. You should have tasted it. I was home. What were you doing? Uh, down in the cellar. That's what. That's the way it should be. You're drinking alone in the dark by yourself. All right, Ken. Well, you sound drunk to me, my friend. I feel pretty good. You know what? The only thing I was disappointed about your Garrett Oliver interview was there was no racist jokes. He's a black gentleman, you know. God, he was black, actually. <laughs> Wait, he's right. a black guy? Yeah, know uh, we don't yeah. see color around here. He doesn't sound like it. He doesn't sound like it. He looks it. The only color I noticed was, was in that my was, beard. That was a good interview. There's lots of good stuff. All right. Thanks, Ken. Later, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you to you guys. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Racist jokes. I don't know what he's talking about. I've never demoed before in my life. Demo! <laughs> we have no problem with tar jokes, though. <laughs> no, Demo is a cool name. It's a cool I don't know if you knew that. You have to go to Australia, though. I'm, I'm picking up a distinct tart accent when you say it. Demo. Demo. Somebody tweeted that we were racist when we found out. He's like, why is Garrett going on the show? You guys are racist. Yeah. Not, and I was like... Someone really? I was like, if you're worried about... Oh, they were if you, them, if you right? genuinely think that uh, we're racist against black people... You must really think we hate the retards, and, uh, and we got Susie the Asian we make fun of no, all the time. Right. We got... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Was, sorry. Was it the too. same guy who wrote in a few months ago about yep. that? Oh, same it was. Guy. Same, was guy. It? same exact dude. <clears throat> wow. I mean... Yeah. Wait, wait, didn't he say he was going to stop didn't listening? I, didn't when oh, I had the, when, when we had the Brazilian show, didn't I like say that they're the same as Spain and every, every, so. every other brown country? you or me, I have no idea. I mean... If you really think we're racist, you you should probably listen closer and understand that we're genuinely uh, an equal opportunity uh, hater, insulter, insulter. Well, technically, make, I think, make funnerer. I think Brazilians are descended from Spaniards, so technically there would be the same race. Oh, so I was okay with that. You're fine. It's not racist <laughs> at all. That the and the gingers and the Jews and the oh gingers boy. not a race either. The like, rednecks. You talking about yeah. Greg Macway? The, 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 the people from I don't know Texas. Who else you could be talking about. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I did discover that the uh, Brooklyn 2, Local 2, that we had here was given to us by Greg McWay. That's right. He, ah, left, it at, that's uh, right. he cool. left it at the rap pad for us. That was nice. Yeah. I got uh, Aaron on Skype. What's happening, Aaron? It's Theo Brew again. <laughs> oh, shit. You outed me, bro. <laughs> I'm calling because Susie wouldn't answer my call because I wanted to give her props, and she said I couldn't. No, no double calls, dude. You know the rules. No, I wanted to. I wanted to say how amazing Susie was. We all know that. Don't worry about it. She's amazing. Yeah, that's a given. Isn't Aaron's the gay priest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shh. That's right. I thought so. Yeah. I'm a pre. No. Yeah. Things you have wrong. I'm not gay. I just really enjoy the taste of penis. <laughs> 
And I'm not a priest, I'm a pastor. Oh, that's oh. Sorry, the difference. I'm a pastor who really enjoys oh. the taste of penis. Is that so wrong? That's all, that's all it is, man. I'm going to make him a bumper sticker that says that. You just drive around with it. I'll put it on my car if you do. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I just really like penis. I'll do it. I will take a picture and show you. Okay. All right, Aaron. Well, Susie appreciates it, I'm sure. Seriously, she's amazing. She's like the best, awesomest person ever. Wow. What tipped you off that he's gay? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't get it. Right. He's gay, but he likes Asian women. Yeah. Hey, Theo, what color should I paint my bathroom? <laughs> I have green towels. Blue or yellow? <laughs> <laughs> he knew right away. <laughs> it took him a half a second. Uh, <laughs> it's good because I'm leaning. I'm leaning to both of those blue, colors. Blue, yeah. blue or yellow? Uh, well, if you have green towels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well done, Aaron. Thanks, brother. She's amazing. It makes sense that gay guys would like Asians, though, doesn't it? Because you got the whole hairless thing, the, right. the narrow hips. It, <laughs> it makes sense. It fits. <laughs> what a day. Here we you know go. Wow. Here we go. Now we're gonna get a tweet tomorrow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I think it works. We're, yeah. we're, we're offending everybody. I like right. it. It's some demo shit. All right. Shrugs is on. Shrugs from Chico. What's happening, Shrugs? Uh oh. Hey, what's going on? Well, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just screaming in the microphone. <coughs> no, that's my fault. That wasn't Shrugs' fault. Yeah, I blame him. Shrugs, more. you drinking tonight? Um, I'm kind of pissing right now. Okay. <laughs> like, on <laughs> purpose? Because you're midstream, huh? Great. As if a dog shitting on me all morning is enough. I gotta, have, I gotta do this on my radio show. I gotta listen to people peeing. Are you choosing to pee? Uh, mostly because I have to. Mostly. But part of you mostly wants to. Well, my bladder said it's time, so... Yeah. Are you peeing outside? And now my now my ankles are saying, fuck, what are you doing? How do you go to the bathroom? He's peeing on his ankles. <laughs> you are you peeing on? My ankles are saying it's raining. <laughs> He's peeing on himself. Are you are you outside? It's, it's Chico. So who cares, right? I'm not. Outside. I'm in. My, I'm actually in bed. <laughs> my ankles are wondering what's happening. I sleep standing up. <laughs> I'm insane. I'm an insane person. I sleep standing up. Where are you? Chico doesn't. Hey, Chico doesn't care. Chico doesn't care, but the man might. Chico and are the you? Uh, man. Do you want to run for drunk of the week, Shrugs? Ah, uh, sure. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Why not? That's work. Are you by yourself? I am, yeah. Oh, in Chico? And you're alone? Wow. My roommate is, uh, my roommate is, I don't know, he's in... Holding my penis. <laughs> he's well, probably, in Oakland, actually. He's probably having sex he's with Oakland. someone while you're alone in a college <laughs> yeah. town. My roommate's um, busy with his girlfriend. So no, he's an I'm he's listening to you guys, and I'm playing. I'm pulling condom duty. Anytime he needs a fresh one, I have to run in there and put it on him. <laughs> yeah, I have to run a new wiener wiener condom for him. Hey, Shrugs, I'm about ready again, buddy. Come on, and bring it in there. Time to take out the trash. All right, well, hey, did you wash your hands this time? Don't touch it too much. She's a little, uh... <laughs> yeah. She's a little what? Fucking black dude? 
What? What? what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. I imagine that's what she's be doing. Here he goes. Here he goes. She's just a little. She's a little contaminated, you know. A what? She's contaminated. She's contam- yeah. Are you saying that your she has roommate's girlfriend is a slut? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I speak his language. This is amazing. I thought you were talking about his girlfriend. Does he know that she's... So, what, is she's like, sleeping with someone else right now oh. while he's in Oakland? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows. <laughs> I, think, I think it's <laughs> Damo. Uh, creepy laugh. He just uh, likes it I that way. Like, should I say, like, what she's... Uh, yeah. What she has? Oh. I don't know. Is it going to make me throw up in my mouth? What else are you going to throw up? In your ankles? I don't know. It's It's something bad. She's pregnant, isn't she? She has a baby. It's <laughs> something bad. <laughs> <laughs> pregnant is like, uh, that's nothing. So, is that why he's in Oakland? He's getting himself he's running away. Yeah, what is that? I don't understand this story very well. Tomorrow he's in Santa Simeon. I don't know well, what's happening. Chico, we're uh, a college town. <laughs> okay. No. And? He came here for college. Yeah. And uh, she came here for sex, apparently. Great. Why are those two mutually exclusive? Yeah, it's probably half of us. It's probably <laughs> yeah. half of us went to college. Uh, you know, three classes a day and sex all night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And then apparently she got herpes. Oh uh, well, you know, one in four is what they say. Yeah, we all got. He's, he's yeah. Yeah, one, what, are, one what are you Mormon? He's like, this is the most important thing. In the world. No, it's pretty bad, guys. <laughs> Deal with it. She um, she shaves down there. Uh. <laughs> no. Oh, you mean her vagina? No, her legs. What a whore! <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she showed. I assume she shaves. Uh, yeah. She uh, showed everything. Um, at a party at my apartment. What, her ankles, dude? Fucking you prude. No, what? no, I mean, no. she showed her, like, Vajun. Oh, well, that's good. Was it good looking or was it uh, all mangled? <laughs> I was too, I was too drunk. I didn't see it. I think, I think Shrugs <laughs> I just, has a, I, I think Shrugs out. and Theo need to hook up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's alone in a college town with a brewery who sells kegs for 90 fucking dollars. And right. And, uh, won't look at a vagina. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Shrugs needs to be a pastor. I won't look at it because I'm too drunk. And uh, who can see straight? All right, Shrugs, my friend, you are in the running for a drunk of the week. I have placed you there based on your performance tonight, and you will remain there until the voting. Who can see straight? Yeah, I I get it. <laughs> All right, Blobberglops on the phone. Our last call tonight. He's got a uh, announcement to make. Blob, what's happening? How are you guys doing? After that phone call, uh, we're doing fabulous. <laughs> better and better. Uh, I'm I'm just lying. Uh, I'm unusual spot at the end of your show, which is the tile bathroom floor. <laughs> <laughs> Naked, of course. Yes, pretty much. Um, maybe JB can help me because I'm highly inebriated. Oh, dear. I can help you, Blobber. What do you need? Okay. What, what did we call this thing? I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it was called the... The first annual Blobbercot. Oh wait, here it is. I got it right here. Hang on a second. Give me, give me help. Okay. It, the The acronym is B C W J I T L W T F W A S T H I S F. 
otherwise known as the first annual Blobber coming with JP in the lands while the families watch and shake their heads in shame festival. Blobber Golf is coming to Disneyland, everybody! <laughs> All right. Well, that's the announcement? Yes. Yeah. Now. November um, 2nd and 3rd. So if you want to come to Disneyland. Busy. And <clears throat> Why don't you just go to San Diego? Nate, if you want to come to Disneyland Nate's with busy. Blobber... No, I don't Tasty, need that. if you Tasty's want... Tasty's busy. No, I can't do it. Scott, if you we don't want Scott. <laughs> Susie! Is, uh, is Blobber bringing his kids or just going as a creepy adult like yeah. this? <laughs> it's adult fest with Blobber and JP at Disneyland. He's bringing his family, but we're uh, thinking about making it a giant BN party. Why would you ruin Disneyland for yourself that way? It's your only place of refuge, and now you're going to bring all of the BN there? Well, it's, yes. it's, it's large enough. I don't know why you're doing this to yourself, JP. Because I really like Blobber, and I want to meet him, and no one's going to come anyway. <laughs> no one else is going to come. Maybe we could selectively ignore everybody by running away. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a good practice. Uh, let me know when we're back from break. I'll do it for real. Okay. Um, just hang on a sec, Blob. Don't worry about it. And Wait. we're back. Oh, yeah. Hey. No, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. So, you, what thing. are you doing? You're going down with the family and the kids, Bloob? Yeah, I, I, it's all it's all done. We're going to be there. So if you want to be there with your family and your kids and uh, enjoy uh, JP's and IAS companies, uh, we'll be there and we'll be rummaging, rummaging around and uh, doing shit. Yeah, at night we'll go to the ESPN zone and, and uh, get beer. It's the only place you can get beer down it's there? It's the only place you can get cheap beer, like in downtown Disney. Everything is really expensive, but... Uh-huh. ESPN zone's pretty pretty cheap. But you got to go the whole day without drinking beer, also, right? No, because like they the have day. actually several good craft beer spots in in uh, uh, DCA, or, uh, as we in the know call it. But it's Disney California Adventure. Oh. They have like Racer Five and Torpedo and Sierra oh. Nevada and uh, well, I was going to say Carl Strauss, but oh. uh, Racer Five yeah. and Red Rocket. So okay. there's some good there's some good craft beer. Plus, there's a lot of wine and bullshit like that over there in DCA. But uh, in Disneyland, no, you cannot drink. Bobby, well, sure you don't just want to take the family vacation up in the Bay Area where there's like cool stuff? No, Disneyland. No, 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 no. You mean like the the, the people on the streets where you work and stuff? <laughs> that's through the Martians. <laughs> the Martians, exactly. That's, no, no, that's no, actually no, no. Martinez. Expose my children to America. It's his own. Martinez Disneyland. is the happiest place on earth. I don't know if you knew I that. I don't want to expose children to America. I want to expose them to Disneyland. <laughs> Good call. All right, what are the dates once again, please? 2nd 3rd of November. 2nd and 3rd of November. All right, Blob, uh, people will see you there. And we're working. And show up. And we're working on right, um, event t-shirts. Ah, yes. of course you are. Yeah. Okay. I still have my Blobber Glob t-shirt from NHC Oakland. Anything to make a buck. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, wonderful. Uh, Twitter game, let's get out of here. Okay, uh, Twitter game was, uh, we've all had sex changes. <clears throat> Rank us from ugly too hot. Uh, Nico Brew <clears throat> at NicoBrew.com says, everybody else, then Doc. So we're all ugly, and then Doc would be the hottest. Uh, Free on Wheels says, uh, hot to not. So Bevo would be hottest. Then Kate. Then McDole. Then the rest of us. Then me. <laughs> <laughs> like, meaning JP, me. All right. Uh, Mantro11 says, tasty stays tasty as a cougar. The rest of you butch dykes all fight for last place. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brad Brewing says, everyone loses to Crossley. He's the only one that looks fistable. I might hog on Moscow, however. 
<laughs> Do I want to be hogged on? Is that a good thing? I, I don't know. Well, if you had a sex change, you might be begging for it. Plus, he just called you fat. It's <laughs> true. That what that means? Yeah, it yeah. means he's going hogging. Uh, you never heard of going hogging? Uh, in this con, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Don't you feel? Don't so, you, do you feel uh, so somehow I'm a, objectified? I'm, I'm a fat ginger that weighs 168 and has brown hair. It's yeah, good. and it's good with money. <laughs> Scott Shake it says you guys are sick. Yeah, that's, that's response that's true. Uh, and our good friend Paul Brown uh, rates us uh, eight. Tasty uh, has a hair on chin. I don't know what that means. Seven would be Scott, who would look like an old Jew mom. <laughs> Six would be Doc. Five would be Nate, because he has scraggly hair. <laughs> scraggly. Four would be Susie, and he says chess player, and I don't know what it means. Uh-huh. Uh, three, BV, oh, Bevo, cute gay guy. So I guess Bevo would be a cute dude. Uh, two would be JP because I'm tall volleyball player. I guess he likes volleyball players. <laughs> well, he really thought this through. Yeah, and Jay would be con- would be uh, hot because you're confident. <laughs> all of this Who is a- all this from? in 140? From our buddy Paul Brown. Well, it's it's in shorthand. So really, how it reads is eight tasty hair on chin, seven Scott old Jew mom, six Doc, five Nate scraggly. Four Susie chess player. No spaces. Three BV cute gay guy. Two JP tall VB player. One J confident hot. So I'm, I'm just kind of assuming that this is the context that he wants. Uh, you know, I don't know. Listen, we got to give it to Paul Brown. He's oh, the only easily. one who did it. Yeah. I, I read. He did. I read insanity. So it's all right. So you understood all of that. So Paul Brown's the winner. I think so. Paul Brown's the winner. Yeah. Well he gets something. He, d- he does. All right. Don't forget to check out Beersmith. You can go to Beersmith.com uh, and get your free 21-day trial of the brewing software. It's the best stuff out there. It's on Beersmith 2.1 right now. It's a lot of updates going on there. Plus, you can go to BeersmithRecipes.com, which is the new Beersmith recipe sharing service. It's free to anyone to set up a basic account. And uh, there are thousands of members there already sharing uh, recipes. It lets anyone search and browse thousands of public beer recipes. Uh, simple as typing in a few keywords like Irish Red, for example, and you'll find yourself a recipe. So, also has advanced search uh, options, so you can really narrow it down. Um, and some clubs are even setting up a club account to post club recipes oh, and let good. members follow their club recipes. Great idea. So, beersmithrecipes.com and beersmith.com for your free 21 day trial of the best brewing software on the market. Go check it out right now. I wish Irish Red was searchable on adamandeve.com. <clears throat> Me too. Thank you. Demo. All right, let's vote Drug of the Week. Uh, Abe from Colorado. You might know him as Angry Abe. A uh, couple shots of something, a couple shots of something else, then some Racer 5, then a Stone Cal Belge IPA, mm. and a Sierra Summer Camp beer. Um, he's good and drunk. Uh, then, of course, we had Ellis from Texas. Um, Who did stuff. Did things and stuff. Yeah. Uh, then we had Ken uh, from Philly, who uh, drank a bunch of stouts and porters from his own cellar. Uh, he was he was emptying his cellar. And then we had Shrugs, um, who was drunk enough to tell us all about his uh, roommate's whore girlfriend, um, <laughs> which I, I think is an indication of uh, intoxication, if yeah. I ever heard one. He was very concerned about the herps. Yes. And uh, and also a bit judgmental about how she showed everyone her vajutidu yeah. at the last party at their house. Right. Um, so there you have it. Um, <laughs> well, it's just like when someone comes to your house, you give them the tour. Do you show them the garage? She says yes. 
That's hmm. how he knows. I'd rather yeah. see the headlights. Touch of uh, jealousy, maybe, in Shrug's voice? Yes. Well, I, oh, yeah. I, like I said, I honestly feel like he has some issues he needs to deal with. Yeah. He's in a co- drunk college town alone. Right. Hating on women. So why don't we just cut to the chase. Uh, raise your hand if Shrug's is our drunk of the week today. I think so. That's a solid four votes, um, which without unanimity makes us uh, makes shrugs our winner. Which would be the definition, yes. Who are you going to vote for? Ken. Ken. Any man who says sometimes, you, sometimes you have to get drunk in the dark by yourself, yeah. that's a winner in my yeah. life, dude. That was yours also, oh, Moscow? Sure. Yep. Yeah. I could be swayed to Ken. I no. did also. He was my runner-up, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, Shrug's like, I, we didn't even start asking. He just started volunteering information about his roommate's Dying hoary girlfriend. tell somebody. And her STDs. I mean, how <laughs> drunk very do you have to be to do that? He's in a college town spreading rumors on internet radio about his roommate's girlfriend. Which, which in turn, probably means that his roommate has it. <laughs> He probably he probably gave it to her. He just you notice how he talked about it. Oh, for sure. Oh, she's got something. He's like he didn't want to say it. That's true. That's true. Oh, you know she's a whore. Oh yeah, I do. I know she's a fucking whore. (laughs) All right, shrugs. Congratulations. You're our uh, drunk of the week this week, and um, this might be the first week in the new studios that anybody's actually earned drunk of the week. Oh, that's a good call out. We've been uh, giving them away Uh, willy nilly. Plus, people haven't. Really been calling in for drug of the week. Yeah, I was just waiting for somebody like Pies to call up now and be like, "Wow, the fuck, fuck, all phones haven't been working." Oh, up, fuck, <laughs> right. Uh, okay. No, it's late. Twenty two hundred hours, dude. Mm, okay. Um, we're off for the next couple of weeks. It's our annual Burning Man break. Uh, so we'll be off for the next couple of weekends. Go enjoy yourself. Get outside, I recommend. <laughs> Do, you know, get on a bicycle. Do something. Right, Tasty? Yeah. Uh, Send us some emails tasty. about the uh, <laughs> dick jokes. Yeah, exactly. Go enjoy yourselves out there in the world. And uh, we'll see you when we're back on September 9th. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. If you're all over that Twitter thing, check out Major Jip for insight into an eroding psyche. Also, Scott the Jew has some art for sale. Follow him at Moscow Paints for slim to no info on the subject. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate at Nathan Homebrew. And you can be sure, uh, and you can be hip and with it and all that kind of groovy thing by getting all the latest info on Nate's band, Brain Oil, by going to brainoil.com. The Trophy Fire's new album entitled Modern Hearts is available now at graydayrecords.com. Pick that up and support our friend and yours, Mr. Adam Schumann. Check out the Brewing Network store for all the latest BN merch, including our brand new IPA ingredient kit for sale. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Sky and winning the race, JP does great as his chair.